You're listening to The Drew Yari Show. Hello there. Yep. What's up, man? Not much. Not much. Uh, just catching a dynamite. Yeah, Kyle was uh, kind of filling me in about what happened. You broke up. No, say Kyle. Kyle in the chat room was kind of filling me in on what happened. Yeah. That uh, the young bucks attacked Sting and Darby and his sons. Yeah, and Darby's busted wide open. Busted wide open, I tell you. Um. So did you? Uh, I ask you this every week. Uh, did you enjoy Dynamite? Um, better this this Dynamite was better than some of the other weeks. So I'm not really, um, you know, still there's still some things about. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really feel, but uh, it, it was an okay show. Yeah, uh, I know they just announced like something big in the next five weeks that's gonna be in Boston, which yeah, yes, Mercedes. It's... Yeah, they uh... and maybe Okada too. Mm, interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that because especially what happened on Vengeance Day. But uh, trying to recover because it's again it's been a long day, so I just needed time to recharge it at home yeah. like i mentioned earlier so yeah 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 but uh yeah we did yeah we did see each other i mentioned that but overall how's your day been uh slow long day though yeah yeah these uh these days these days off they don't they don't last long and then you have to go back to work the next day so which, yeah, which just sucks <laughs> kind of in my position but uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of pretty much told you what we did. We just went out and did a little shopping and came to see you for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, not a little bit. I think we were there for like, what, like an hour and a half? About an hour, yeah. Yeah, probably a little bit less than that, yeah. But, yeah, it was a fun day. It was nice seeing you. I mean, which, which I, yeah, I, also, I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, I wanted to stop by because I haven't been by in a while and I feel like a right. dick. I feel like a dick when I never stop by as much as I like. I mean, I just appreciate you stopping by when you can. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, just, you know, I, I do love stopping by just to kind of talk shop with you. So, yeah. But uh, it's always it's always a pleasure. It's always a treat getting to uh, uh, see you when I, when, whenever I can. And it's always fun right. coming coming by the store. Um, we put those, st- I mean, I put those stickers to good use <laughs> that I bought. Oh, yeah? Um, I put them, I actually put them on my PS5. Oh, there you go. So we got that going. Uh, money well spent. We got a nice little chat com- coming up. Uh, we got Maurice. What's up, Maurice? We have Wavy Bone. I don't think I've seen you here before. Uh, Jinx O. Uh, Kyle, of course. Drifter86. Keith. Keith. What's up, man? Scott and Simply Precious. Um, 
should be a fun show. A big chunk of it, I'm 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 gonna guess is uh, gonna go to uh, the big topic at hand. As uh, wonder what that can be. I don't know a certain uh, movie star, a certain uh, certain a certain man who uh, has a. Has you mean a great... the, you mean the Rock and Cody Rhodes? You're saying? Well, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any names. I'm going to talk. Well, about... I mean, everyone knows, like you mean, you know, don't you know? I'm trying to be cheeky. I'm just trying to be cheeky, but you know, about about a man who has a who has a great sense of uh, smell about what he's uh uh let's see making. I'll just put it that way, but I'll just leave it at that. But uh, good. No, oh, didn't say nothing. Yeah, I'm waiting on you. No, oh, I, I guess that was an echo. But uh, let's let's start shit. Let's let's just start shit and fuck a fuck a countdown. But welcome to the experience, people. It's Wednesday, and uh, it's been quite an interesting five days in the world of wrestling, specifically on uh. One topic, I guess you could say like three topics. This involves three different people. Um, but uh, it's been five days. And uh, what's up, Maurice? You already know me, I'm Drew. Welcome back. And uh, with me as always is the man himself. Yeah, it's my Justin from Spinebuster Tees and SpinebusterTees.com. You. And if you guys already didn't know in the past five days. So... We can just jump into it. So SmackDown, which is always every Friday, it, it was uh, last Friday in Birmingham, uh, Birmingham Alabama. Uh, what's up, Scott? Um, for the most part, I mean, SmackDown was actually a pretty good show. It was a yeah, really it was a good show. show. Overall, it was a good show. Yeah, great show. I mean, the the stuff with Bailey and uh, Damage Control, I thought was great. Um great setting up that match making us care about it um well maybe we can talk about as soon as we're done you know with the big topic at hand everything else the show worked um previ- you know previously <laughs> previously on WWE uh so last monday you had Cody Rhodes come out you know the night after the rumble or no the i guess the the monday after saturday's rumble on raw and Looking like he was going to choose his opponent, which we kind of figured who it was, you know, after the Rumble. When he won, he not only pointed to the sign, he pointed to Roman Reigns and said, Roman Reigns, I choose you. You know, you're my opponent. You know, kind of like he was in Mortal Kombat or something. Um, As he's about to choose Roman, Seth Rollins comes out and Seth kind of makes the case of, instead of going after Roman, come after this title because this is the title to wrestle for. This is the workhorse title. You know, why would you want that? Why would you want the Hollywood title instead of, you know, the title that Dusty and Harley Race and Ric Flair wore? Which we got we I mean we all knew what that what the point of that title what the point of that was is to not make it too obvious that Seth is gonna choose Roman. It's to make the matches mean something. Which we got. I mean I was a little annoyed that Seth came out, but I I, I understood it. Um and on and on Friday they actually had an interesting vignette. Where Seth is doing a voiceover saying, you know, um, I forgot how he worded it, where it's just like, you know, why would you want Psycho Sid and the Ultimate Warrior when you can have Ric Flair and Harley Race? And he's just, you know, just naming all these random peoples. I'm like, you're basically just burying everybody who's been a WWE champion, but, you know, whatever. But so Cody comes out to make his decision. 
quote unquote. And you know, uh, I think Roman comes out first, and then I, th- I think it was Cody that came out first, or Roman. Hey, either way, it doesn't matter. But uh, Cody talks to Roman and pretty much just says, you know, you cheated, you know, last year, and I had you, and you knew, and you know it. You know, I don't just want to. I'm not. I don't just want to finish my story. I don't just want to take your title. I want to take everything from you. So Roman Reigns, I'm coming after you. Just not at Mania. And you know, I've seek counsel from different people, from friends and family, also legends. And one of these legends, they happen to know you pretty well. And the Rock's music hits, comes out. Uh they do a bit where Rock goes up to Cody and shakes his hand and whispers something in his ear. And Cody just has his very perplexed and almost kind of somber look on his face. Uh Cody walks out, you know, the Rock and Roman have a stare down, places places go place goes nuts. Because it's The Rock and it's Roman. Uh, we haven't seen that in a while. And that's how SmackDown ends. Um, which led to a shitstorm on fucking social media. Um, which, I again, I can't pretend to be innocent. I partook in that as well. I was not too happy um, with the idea being presented that... The it is that The Rock decided to politic himself into the main event of this year's Mania, and leave Cody out in the dust. You know, which you know Cody is the guy right now, as we all know, and Cody deserves that spot. You know, he's the most over guy, the most over babyface in the company. He's Captain America, and then you have The Rock come in, who doesn't wrestle, and he just politics himself into a Mania match. To which you you said earlier when I saw you in the shop, this is a Mania match, just not this year. Like this is the wrong right. WrestleMania to have this match. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine with it being at WrestleMania, just not this year's WrestleMania. How come right. it couldn't happen last year? How come it can't happen next year? So, um, yeah, right. So, um, tomorrow will be a press conference in Las Vegas to promote WrestleMania this year, and uh, the big dogs are going to be there: Roman, Brock. Cody, I think Rhea is going to be there. Um, a few other people. So that will pretty much set the stage as to what we're going to expect this year at WrestleMania. Maybe even next year. Um, and there's just been news coming out of every, like, like legit news sites. It's, like, it's, it's, it's overwhelming amount of news to where that we cannot even cover like even half of it. Oh no. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get through the main points of, uh, of the news that came out. Right. And I have it right here. So everything we know so far about WWE's WrestleMania plans for the rock and Cody Rhodes, uh, fightful select had addressed it on Tuesday. It's becoming increasingly difficult, uh, to keep the various stories straight, let alone their, their respective sources. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see. Uh, since this is the subject that appears to be the most contentious and contradictory, it began on February 3rd, the day after The Rock's uh, SmackDown return, when Dave Meltzer, uh, most notably that the change had come as a response to CM Punk's injury, combined with a fallout fr- uh, from the Janelle Grant lawsuit that led to Vince McMahon's re- resignation, which also... Jesus Christ. Okay. Which also uh, appeared to implicate Brock Lesnar, resulting in him being removed from creative plans for Mania. Uh, Dwayne pushed super hard for it, Malta wrote. 
The card changed when Punk and Brock were out and all the dominoes fell. Uh, Dwayne already wanted it and they felt now needed, now they needed it as well. Uh, felt this was better to change the news uh, flow away from Vince. Uh, Cody was the plan. Dwayne was going to face him later. Maybe next year's Mania. Maybe Saudi. Shit happens with Vince and Punk. Uh, the Vince thing ends up worse than they thought and they changed the plan. I literally didn't know uh, up until uh, yesterday that it could change and then I was told it's under lock but it's 100% it was Punk versus Seth and Cody versus Reigns until Punk got hurt. Uh, two days later, however, on February the 5th uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio saying the decision had been made earlier in the month when Johnson signed a deal with TKO that made him a board member, gave him ownership of the Rock trademark and then awarded him TKO stock valued at $30 million. Meltzer had previously reported that the contract announced on January 23rd had also been signed on January the 3rd. Uh, and then we made the deal on January 3rd to come in. Uh, the WrestleMania match was part of the deal. Why Cody Rhodes won the Rumble was a question that I cannot answer because nobody will answer it for me. With the belief that it was Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and nobody knew but the deal had been made prior to that. And uh, it was a push by The Rock to move into the Mania main event, backed by top TKO group holding execs. Uh, well, it was made by a move to save WrestleMania, quote-unquote, following the unexpected unavailable of Punk and Lesnar. And it just kind of goes on to repeat the same shit. But um, according to this, The Rock pretty much just politicked his... I mean, Kyle saying it's a work. It's, it's not... No, 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 no. It's not a work. It's a shoot that became a work. Right. Rock wanted this match. He wanted the one-on-one match with Roman Reigns. And they were, they were going to have Cody versus uh, Seth. Those were the plans. Now they are forced to pivot and turn this, this situation into a storyline, which is now becoming a work. This was if if it, if it was a work if it was a straight work, Cody would have still picked Roman up front, and The Rock would just assert himself in the match, and it would just been a triple threat, and it would, it would been telegraphed that way. But the fact that that they are going through this way inadvertently, inadvertently, they're making Cody, you know, even more bigger babyface out of it. But this was not the plan. And one thing I will tell you that is that this is not a Triple H decision. Period. No. Don't want anyone to. I don't want anyone to tell me anything different. Triple H was not involved in this decision. Apparently, this was above his head. Apparently, this is even above Nick Khan's head. This was a Ari Emanuel decision. And probably within the close circle, and a rock decision as well. Um, with that being said, Brian Gerwitz, who was a writer for the Attitude Era and who's really a writer for The Rock, he is pretty much in charge of what's going on with The Rock and how The Rock is being uh, creatively wrote for in WWE. What that sounds like to me is that if The Rock's in control, 
of what's go you know he's you know he's on the board now which means he has some control of what, you, what we see on TV guys I don't wanna I'm, I'm gonna say this right now I would not be surprised if Triple H is losing control of creative not to say that he's gonna be losing full control of creative but when it comes to certain storylines I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H is losing control of creative. I also wouldn't be surprised if if they decide to give Triple H the boot for one reason or another. Brian Gerwitz is going to be the new uh, head of creative. I'm just saying. The, 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 everything is there lined up for it. Not to say that is going to happen. That, oh, Triple H is out of creative and he, you know, he has no control anymore. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that pay attention to what's going on, connect the dots together, and you can clearly see that if for one reason or another, if 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 Ari Emanuel or Nick Khan is forced to get rid of Triple H, Brian Gerwitz is gonna be the new head of creative for WWE. Just saying. Not saying that's gonna happen. Again, I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not saying that has a chance of happening right now. I'm just saying if it does, pay attention to what's going on. But this whole Cody, you know, Rock Roman situation is is nuts. It's crazy. Um, it's just it's 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 just fucking nuts. It's like the whole it's like uh, Daniel Bryan uh, circa um, 2014 all over again. But um, there's a ton of news out there, and I'm sure uh, Drew's gonna get into more of it. But um, but the, the major things that you guys need to understand is that this is not originally as a work this was a shoot they wanted roman versus rock and cody versus seth they pivoted to they're gonna see it seems like and we'll know tomorrow we'll know a lot more information tomorrow it seems like they may be pivoting to um cody being inserted somehow in this uh dude which which rightfully so but a lot of people will ask well why did cody win the rumble well, the the plan was to have Cody versus Seth. But at the time, because there were some people who did not know about, um, some people didn't know about the direction of The Rock until later on in the week after the Royal Rumble. So even though that as of January 3rd, this was the plan to have The Rock, you know, come in and, you know, face off against Roman Reigns, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. A lot of people within WWE did not know about that until, well, I, I will say maybe like the day before, that Thursday before, uh, well, last Thursday, uh, before uh, SmackDown. So, again, so Cody, you know, alluding to Roman Reigns, pointing at Roman Reigns and, you know, going to the press conference and, you know, going to that Monday and, you know, kind of, um, you know, Say hey, I'll think about it too. To Seth, you know that was all of them going by the book. But plans changed. Well, I won't say plans changed, but um, plans for Cody when he realized changed for him around that Thursday, Friday, um, when they were, when they were going to SmackDown. So there's a lot. There's this. This is still breaking. Obviously, right, and we'll probably get we'll, we we will find out tomorrow on what direction that we'll be seeing for WrestleMania. But as of right now, the way I'm feeling, I'm feeling that Cody will get his moment, 
And another thing too as well, you gotta you gotta kind of uh, think about like you know, like all these uh, outlets out there. Remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Drew the the whole Sports Illustrated thing, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Barrasso and saying that Cody won't uh, finish his story. Yep. He doesn't look so bad now, after all. Now does he? Again, someone told him something. Some someone had to tell him something for him to put that shit out there. We're so not gonna, we're not gonna know till tomorrow. Well, we won't know until tomorrow, but but before that, like you say, oh, you know, he's not gonna finish the story, and people went down his throat because, like, oh, you know, that's yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, like, you know, like he, I, don't, I don't know who he was probably told from, but you know, I don't know if it was someone. That, obviously, it had to have been somebody that was uh, that works directly closely with the Rock if he's going to Sports Illustrated. So, um, so yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, continue on. I mean, there. I mean, you kind of hit on most of the points, but it's just like, again, like we said, the press conference is tomorrow at four p.m. Uh, Central Time, so five Eastern. So, uh, as far as I know, there's a swerve. I mean, I know The Rock's been very cryptic about how he's viewing this. Uh, I guess this new run, you know, back with the company, you know, because he said, you know, before, whenever he, you know gave his first interview as being, you know, a new member of the board member or the TKO board, which is, you know, I'm in it for the long game. And, you know, they had a video of him uh, coming out of his jet, you know, showing up to Las Vegas and kind of saying the same thing and also saying, you know, people are going to talk about this press conference for a long time. So that's just him selling it. Yeah, that's just him selling it. I mean, it. Now, he could really mean that, oh, everyone's going to be talking about this uh, press conference for a long time. But, you know, Ruck sells, man. And he, you know, he it may just be a regular press conference. And, and you know, worst case scenario, Cody does is, is not involved uh, in the main event of WrestleMania. You know, that would be terrible. But it's, it's um, also like you said earlier, The Rock is too smart. And he's also like, I, I don't think he's going to want to do it. And again, I don't know The Rock. Obviously, I don't. I mean, I wish I did. Maybe I can get some money from him. But just something about this just doesn't feel right to me, and I'll explain why. Because, like, it's like I explained to you earlier. It'd be like if I said, hey, there's a new Batman movie coming out. And it's like, but it comes out in two weeks. It's like you need build-up for for something like that. A match like Roman Reigns and The Rock, you know, people have been wanting that for a while, but there hasn't really been any build-up. There's just been, like, you know, very cryptic. Has gears. there not been built up though? There's just been cryptic. I mean, gears. that hasn't been built up on TV, but not to the extent of John. Potential match for the last two years, three years. Not to the extent of John Cena and The Rock. Just be- well, just- again, uh, again, because that was on TV. No, well, originally, no, even though there hasn't really been any build up because it's just been The Rock saying, "I want this match to happen," and Roman kind of, you know, laughing off and talking shit, but, like, nothing... No, I know, I, I, I agree with you. It hasn't been that much of a build-up compared to, to, to Rome... I'm sorry, to uh, Cena and uh, Rock, but there has been some type of build anticipation for this match to happen, for sure. Yeah, anticipation, but it's just, like, WrestleMania's in two months, and you have, you know, a guy who's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood and one of the biggest stars in wrestling... And The Rock, and then you have, you know, the current biggest star in wrestling in Roman Reigns, you know, regardless of how you feel about him. And you're going you're gonna to build this match up in two months? Like, I, I just, I don't see it. And also, 
you have two guys that are part timers. You have Rock, who is fifty two years old, who needs oh, to be in a part timer. He's not even that. Well, no, Rock's fifty two years old, and he needs to get in wrestling shape because when we saw him come out at the beginning of the year against Gender, he was getting gas just cutting a promo, and even when he did like the people's elbow. And, you know, the rock bottom, it didn't look right. So he needs to get in wrestling shape, you know, and it's going to take more than just two months. And I think the rock knows that. And then Roman is Roman. He's a part timer. And, you know, I hate to bring this up, but it's obvious, you know, leukemia, he has a leukemia thing. So we don't know when that's going to rear its ugly head. But this is a match that needs a year, kind of like Cena and, you know, rock had, you know, after 2011, when the rock came out in 2011, and the day after Mania is when he made the challenge, you know, to, you know, to Cena saying, you know, next year in Miami, you know, the Rock and John Cena, like that needs to happen. You know, I don't, I don't know where Mania is going to be next year. That really like gave us any hints as to where it's going to be. But just, I am, I, I'll, again, this is, this is, this is one of those instances of like, I want to be wrong. And I hope this is the instance of like, let's say, one of two things. Well, prediction. Make a prediction. What do you think? What do you think the end game is going to be uh, of this? Well, I was about to get into that. So, one, I have, I have two scenarios, and both involve you know the main event being next year. So, The Rock can say, you know, you know, The Rock, Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, you know, the biggest main event in WrestleMania history next year. You know, and then he just tells Cody finish your story, or they sign a contract. For to have the main event of WrestleMania be Rock and Roman Reigns, but Roman doesn't realize that it's going to be next year. So you have all that year for build up, and Cody gets to finish his story. Because again, going back to Cody, why is Cody going to want to finish his story against Seth? He's beaten Seth three times, and I know Seth's whole point on on was it Monday was you know I you know. Two years ago, I was a different wrestler. Now I need to know if I'm a different wrestler, if I'm as good as you or even better than you. So it's just like, okay, that's a good selling point. But it's like, we've seen this match. Like, you know, Cody winning a consolation prize title. Let's just be real. The World Heavyweight title is not even the most important title in the company. It's maybe like the third or fourth most important title in the company. You know, you have the WWE title, you have the Intercontinental title, you have the U.S. title. I mean, maybe even Rhea's championship is, you know, more important you, than You that. put the U.S. title over the World Heavyweight title? Yes. No, you're... I know Logan Paul's winning it, but that's just, being, that's just invalid. It's had more time. But, again, just another another argument for another time. But, like... Just I don't know. I just I don't I don't something something about this that just doesn't smell right to me. And again, we're not gonna find out till tomorrow. And if they decide to make this the main event of Mania this year, it's it's not gonna go over well. You know, again, you have the people that are in the camp of like you know I want to see this and it's box office, which I'm I'm getting tired of hearing that word. Along with let this play out and box office. I mean, it is. I mean, it is like it is box office, but it's just not the right time for the match. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like but it's just like anytime I ask anytime I want to see reasoning of like why do you want to see this match? It's box office. It's like that's the only word I hear. And it's just like, well, how's about you build it up for next year? And it can truly be box office because Mania already sold out even before the the possibility of this match being the main event this year happened. So it's just like 
this, I mean, this year's Mania didn't necessarily need this match because it was already sold out. Well, I, 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 I'm I going to look at, now, again, obviously I agree with you, but I'm going to look at from the perspective of, of TKO. Yes, mm-hmm. it's sold out, right, but you want to look at, because this is the very first WrestleMania with Endeavor, right? Very first WrestleMania with the with the Endeavor immersion. Okay, that's number one. Also, number two, they are looking at to monetize this as much as possible. Obviously, tickets are sold on both nights, and they're sold out. Mm-hmm. But they're looking at this from a perspective of people who are who who don't have Peacock right now, who wants to check out WrestleMania. They have to buy the if they want to watch The Rock, right? They're thinking about trying to make as much money as humanly possible with this WrestleMania. Now, we got the press conference tomorrow. Where's the press conference at? Vegas. Obviously, I think Vegas is going to be WrestleMania 41. I think they're going to announce that tomorrow. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Yes, they can do the match next year, right? I just don't think that they're going to do that. And here's the reason why. Go back to what Cody said. What did Cody say on SmackDown to Roman Reigns? He said, "Not at I'm going to take everything from you, just not at WrestleMania. Why would they have him go out there and say that and have that not be true? Now, again, I still think it may be Cody... Uh, versus, you know, Cody being involved. But Endeavor right now, they're looking to make a splash, obviously, because they got the Netflix deal. They got the new uh, USA Network deal. They got they got all these different things going on right now. All they care about is money. They don't care about us. They don't care about, you know, what, what our opinion is. I truly, truly think that, you know, The Rock probably tr- truly thinks that when he when he first came out and take over Cody Spiley, oh hey, this is gonna be this is gonna be a big hit. This is gonna be a big hit. And they were not expecting the booze to that magnitude. I'm more than sure that. You know, because the rock the rock, you know, nine times out of ten is loved, right? When his music hits and you know, you know, you know, people pop for that and you know he didn't think that, you know, after all this that he was gonna get booed and you know, the die, Rocky die, and Rocky sucks chance, and, and you know, people out there saying, oh, you know, I'm going to boycott uh, boycott Terramana. Like, I, 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 I kind of disagree with that, and I'll explain why. Because, like, it's like you said, The Rock is, is smarter than we give him credit. I think The Rock had to have known there, there was going to be some backlash, maybe not to this magnitude, of, like, you know, his daughter getting death threats, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, just retarded. It's just like leave, leave his kid alone. Like she has nothing to do with this. So like, I like to think The Rock has that kind of like, you know, he knows he has that appeal that he's beloved by the public, but he's also at the end of the day, he's he used to be a wrestler. He knows how this shit works, and I think he knew there was going to be some blowback of him, you know, taking a spot from another guy who deserved it more. I agree. However. Yeah, no. Did Danny had like this similar type of blowback with trying to take over, you know, DC movies and shit like that, mm-hmm. for, like Black Adam. Yep, and Fast and Furious and a few other things. 
So I know I know wrestling obviously is his baby, and he respects pro wrestling probably more than anything else in movies. What makes you think that he gets on the board, and probably one of the promises on him being on the board is you get this WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns? What makes you think that? Like for sure that this is not anything different. Now, now again, I give The Rock credit. I, you know, he's obviously a smart guy. He's, a, you know, he's a great, um, you know, he, you know, he, you know, he's a great brand from for himself, and you know, he he's a great, uh, you know, advertiser for him, for himself as well. But what makes you think that in his head he thought, oh man, Roman, uh, Roman versus myself, that's gotta be the biggest match ever. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they have been teasing it for a while. I mean, they even teased it on, on his show, Young Rock. You know, they had a scene where, exactly. you, know, you know, they had a young Roman Reigns, you know, you know, be like, oh, it's going to be the biggest match ever. It's going to be at WrestleMania or whatever. So, but I don't know. Just, again, I like to think The Rock is a lot smarter than to think, like, there's not going to be any blowback. You know what I mean? Like, this he isn't doesn't about... Care. He doesn't care about blowback, I don't think. He doesn't care about being booed. The Rock doesn't care about that. I, he, cares I, about, he cares about the bomb line that's making money. That's I, it. I think he does care about being booed. Personally. No, he doesn't. I, there, there, there's people that I listen to that are in the know with WWE. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I won't say that they, that they know The Rock because they're close to Rock. But they are, they are uh, mutual, yeah, mutual, mutual, mutual uh, friends. And I've listened to several interviews where they say in particular that The Rock, at the end of the day, he doesn't care if he's being booed or cheered. He, the bottom line is he wants to make money. Period. Just, dude, that Philly crowd is going to eat him alive if that happens. No, yeah. He, but do you think he cares? No. I, again, I think he does. I think a part of him does. It's it's gonna be okay, like it's gonna so be like. Cares, okay, what do you think he cares more about being booed or, or or making a shit ton of money for this WrestleMania? I obviously, I mean, obviously, money because he's a businessman. Okay. But at the end of the day, like that's where that ego comes in of like, why are they booing me? What did I do? You know what I mean? Like, just again, he it's knows, gonna, he knows what he, he knows what he's he knows what he did. But again, the money to him is more important, right? Which is fine, right? You know, this is this is what you're, you know, what you're in for. You know, you obviously you're like for the business and, you know, things of that nature, but at the end of the day, you got to take care, you know, of your situation, your family, your businesses, things of that nature. Um, you know, I'm not saying 100% that the rock wouldn't be, I won't say bothered, but like that his ego won't get bruised by it, but he puts that shit to the side for the fucking money at the end of the day. And in results, is- he doesn't really give a, give a fucking shit. Which is dangerous, which is going to be dangerous because it's just like, you know, again, do it next year because if you do it this year, you're going to, again, you're going to have a 52 year old rock that hasn't had a match. I, I, well, I'm going to say a full match. He hasn't had a full match in almost 11 years. And you're going to have Roman. Who's leading the match? Because Roman can't, Roman can't lead a match. No, Roman can't lead a match. Roman, Bro, oh my God! You're not giving Roman credit. He can lead a fucking match. I, again, I give Roman credit. Roman can work, but Roman. So you don't think he's you? You don't think he's never led any matches before? I he works better. Who led when the he match has... between him and L.A. Knight? <sighs> Did L.A. Knight led the match? I mean, look how that turned out. 
it was it was it was all right. It wasn't a bad match. I don't know. Just Roman or, is... or him or him and Jay. You think you know Jay just you know led yes. the match? Roman, you're not you're not giving him you're not giving him the proper credit when he when he when he's in the ring with someone that's better. He needs he needs to be led. He's he's if this were dancing, he well, needs a partner again, that can match lead. This match is gonna suck regardless. Oh yeah, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be boring. Right, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who's being led. The match is gonna suck. It's it's gonna be a la Goldberg Brock Lesnar at Mania. Well, I was more Hogan and Andre, but yeah, yeah sure. It's. Oof, oof. I mean that match was actually loved. Those like those two are beloved. This is not going to be beloved by any by anybody. I mean it's a different time period. I mean you, you compare 1987 to, to 2024, but um, but again, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. I truly, 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 truly think that hey, the, the match is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock. I don't think he. I mean, maybe to your point, maybe a little part of him cares, but at the end of the day, it's like, fuck feelings, fuck, fuck, fuck what's going on. I'm here to make money. I'm here to, you know, I have the, this biggest house here. Hey, we got over. I'm just gonna throw a number out there. I don't know how true it is. Hey, we have over a million people, you know, streaming this fucking WrestleMania both nights, and you know, and and I help contribute to that. At the end of the day, when he, when when he goes backstage and and you know and, and drink some fucking Terramana, he ain't gonna give a fuck. <sighs> I I just I, again I don't know because you know again going back to entertainment, you know he pretty much destroyed the DC universe, you know with with his shitty movie. Uh, you know he. Tried... I mean, I mean, DC Universe is already on fucking life well, support anyway. Well, he pretty much pulled the plug. I'll just put it that way. And then you know, Fast and Furious. He tried to make it all about him, and everybody thought you know the feud with him and Vin Diesel that it was Vin Diesel, and then he found out it was The Rock because he wanted to make it all about him. Well, Fast and Furious sucks anyway, so I don't even watch those movies. So I mean, it makes it makes money, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it but... does. It does. It does. But yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. And then you know he has that awful show where he casts like people that do not look anything like the wrestlers that he fucking worked with, and just now he's back in WWE uh, trying to. Oh, you're talking about Young Rock? Yeah, Young Rock. Like he's the only one that actually looks like himself. Everybody else is like, dude, do you even remember who any of these people look like? It's just he. Again, I'm telling you, it's his his ego is going to get bruised. Like he has to be smarter to know this is not going to work if you do this now. Do it next year. Just don't do it now. Because that match is going to get booed from that Philly crowd. They're not going to give a fuck. But again, it's The Rock. He makes money. At the end of the day, this is about him wanting to make money rather than, you know, have a good mania. And you're going to have a match that's going to suck and it's going to be predictable as fuck. So just, again... So what, what? So what's your official prediction uh, for tomorrow? Do do you think that Cody gets in starting the match, or do you like what's your official prediction for tomorrow? Are you telling me what I think is going to happen, or what I want to happen? What What do you think the end result is going to be? Again, cop out answer. What I think will happen. What do you no? I'm not asking for your personal like. Obviously, oh Roman versus Cody. Like obviously that that's everyone's fucking answer. I'm asking you when you watch tomorrow. What do you think is gonna be the end result of 
the press conference. Do you think it's going to be Roman versus Cody versus The Rock? Do you think it's a night one main event, night two main event with 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 uh, Roman? He's wrestling twice. Like, like, what do you think the actual end result of all this is going to be? In the end, I think Cody is going to get his moment. He's going to finish his story the way the way it should be for, since he came back, you know, almost two years ago. So I think that's going to be it. And we're going to get no. Roman versus Rock, but more than likely either till not next year or no, oh, you think it's going to be Roman versus Cody? Well, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish real quick. Or they might just do what I've been pitching for like almost two years. And that's night one can be Cody versus or no night one can be Roman versus rock. And that's a, that'd be a nice way for Roman to kind of like, really kind of get over I mean not get over let me let me kind of backtrack that'd be a nice that'd be, again another notch in Roman's belt of like I just beat the rock and I already beat your ass last year what are you gonna do now and then night two is Cody and Roman and then Cody essentially just becomes a super saiyan and uses a spirit bomb to defeat the evil Roman reigns so, you know, so yeah Roman. so they'll they'll do the uh, WrestleMania 10 uh, storyline which is uh, which I'm which I'm okay with I think that it's probably gonna be that I will be I will be okay with a triple threat. Um, and I mentioned this earlier too, and I'm being dead serious. If you want all this backlash to go away and like, oh, you know, this triple threat, you know, it kind of, uh, it, you know, it's not the match that we wanted, and I don't care about this match. Have Cody stack and pin both both fucking Rock and uh, Roman, and make it make Cody the fucking badass babyface. Um, and, and that'll that'll make him more than fucking over at that fucking point in time if he stacks both of them, and that'll be a good callback too. That'll be a good callback too as well. So, you know, it'd be interesting. And I just thought of this right now. So tomorrow at the press conference, like you know, Roman's about to Roman and Rock are about to sign their contract. Cody comes in, and you know, kind of subtly mentions what Arn Anderson told him in AEW. Which is, you know, a wise man once told me that there's two kind of me- there's two kinds of men in the world. There's a there's a man who's going to get pulled over on the road, you know, with a gun in his face and say, you know, please don't hurt me. And then there's a an- and then the set and there's another man who's gonna who's gonna take that gun and blow your brains out. You know, I'm gonna take the latter. You know, Rock, I was I was happy to let you be in be in Mania, but this is my story, not yours. And then he ends up signing his name on the contract and makes it a triple threat. So do something like that, you know, because on Friday, just again, Cody looked perplexed. He looks he looks somber and he kind of looked like a cuck just letting Rock take his spot. Even even on the fucking website, they I don't know if you saw that article on the, on the WWE website where it said Cody refused to challenge Roman. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rock stood up to Roman, which is like, are you fucking kidding me? He didn't refuse to face Roman. He wanted to face Roman. Oh yeah, they want to write whatever narrative that they want to, you know. Which again, if if again, if we find out tomorrow, this has all been one big giant swerve to make Cody look like a, pretty much Cody Christ. You know, it, it, it's genius. I'll I'll say it. It's it's going to be genius. You know, by the end of the year, if we ever do like a a swerve of the year or storyline of the year, this is going to be it. I'm I'm already calling it right now. This is going to be storyline of the year. If we ever do a storyline of the year award for our year end award, so um, it's just, again the the scope of WrestleMania, the hierarchy, 
of WrestleMania is we're going to find out tomorrow. That's that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Yep. Oh, man. Almost did an hour on that shit. So, all right. But um, the rest of SmackDown, we can talk about the rest of SmackDown. Then. Right, yeah, I mean, just blow by me. I don't, I don't think no one else, I don't think no one here cares. I mean, I don't want to say they don't care. But uh, you had Logan Paul come out to, you know, talk about his match. And then Kevin Owens comes out and blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, good, good opening segment. Uh, and then you had a fatal four, fatal four way tag team contenders match where you had uh, four SmackDown teams, and the winner of that will face a winner from a Raw team, and they will face each other this Friday. Which also Cody yeah. Rhodes is advertised to be on SmackDown this Friday. So yeah. I don't know. What that yeah, means. so um, you know, so it ended up being uh, Mustache Mountain. I, I still call him Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bates and Pete Dunne winning that match. It was a good match. It was a good match for what it was. So. I'll be facing uh, DIY next, uh, this Friday, so. Nice. And then uh, Bailey made her WrestleMania decision. Um, they, they basically did a Triple H and Batista thing where Damage Control was saying, you know, Bailey's done tonight. And while they're leaving, you just see Bailey creep out of the corner and just have this very disheveled look on her face like, oh, man. So uh, she comes out to make her decision, and it was, it was a great it was a great promo. It was great, it was a great segment. Yeah, great great segment. And there was a point where Bailey starts speaking in Japanese, and says, "You didn't think I could speak Japanese, did you?" And then uh, she chooses EO to be her WrestleMania. Or no, before that, uh, Damage Control, you know, ganged up on her, and EO didn't really get involved. And then uh, they have a little face off to where like Bailey has a, has a chair. Was it a chair or a lead pipe? I don't remember. I think it was a lead pipe. And um, so they have a face-off where EO has her belt and Bailey has her lead pipe. And then Bailey says, I'll see you at WrestleMania, EO. So, wonderful. Cinema. That's pure cinema. Um, and then Bobby Lashley and his, and his group uh, versus the Final Testament, which went to no contest after BFAB came out and took out Scarlet. So that was kind of a waste of time. Well, yeah, you know, Beef have officially joined uh, uh, the uh, Pride, so yeah, I'm happy for her. She has a uh, a, a semi new look, so uh, yeah, hopefully she, uh, you know, hopefully she thrives in this role. Cool. Yeah, good for her. Um, she's getting work, so good for her. And then you had Braun Breaker appear on SmackDown, and uh, Adam Pearce trying to learn to Raw, and then Jade Cargill showed up, and blah blah. blah. Uh, Tiffany Stratton had her debut match on the main roster against Meechin. Fantastic match. Uh, Stratton looking like a star like we always knew she would, and she had a good opponent, Meechin, to kind of like break her in, essentially. Uh, Tiffany got the win, doing her, uh, what's the move called, the pr- the prettiest uh, moonsault? Yeah, PME. PME. So uh, good to see Tiffany. Good to see uh, Tiffany looking like a million bucks. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we all know how the show ended. So, but that was SmackDown. So SmackDown happened. Uh, let's get to Vengeance Day. NXT Vengeance Day was on was on a Sunday, which is weird to think about. Uh, February fourth, it was in the FMN FM Jesus Christ FM and M Bank Arena in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, there were six matches. The first match was a men's Dusty Road 
uh, Tag Team Classic Final, the winners received a future Tag Team Championship match. Uh, the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and, Bar- and Braun Breaker, defeated Trick and Mellow Gang by pinfall. Uh, nice opening, fantastic match. A little surprised because I thought Trick and Mellow Gang were going to win to kind of prolong the story. But they lost because uh, there, there was a point where Braun goes for a spear on, on Mellow and Trick... I don't know if maybe he flubbed the spot. I don't know. Maybe he was supposed to get like knocked down, but I, I think they botched the spot or maybe like trick didn't like time it well enough, but he looked like he literally fell out of the ring to kind of sell the spear, even though he didn't get speared. But, um, uh, breaker speared mellow and got the win and uh trick couldn't get in the ring in time. So, uh, now the wolf dogs are the dusty cup, uh, or Dusty Classic uh, tag or winners or whatever, whatever you want to call them. But what'd you think? Uh, pretty good opening match. Uh, all four uh, did great in here. Baron Corbin, um, Braun, and Trick and Mellow. Um, you know, it was a little bit of a scary spot in the match. So it seems like the the ropes were uh, um, were not you know fully functional uh, because of the spot with uh, Braun almost breaking his fucking neck and. And fucking um, trick. I don't know. Mellow almost uh, necking himself on a moonsault. So it looks like they fixed the ropes afterwards, and uh, yeah, er- everything seemed fine after that. So, but it was a good. O- it was a good opening match. Nice. Next is he had Dijak versus Joe Gacy in a no disqualification match. Fucking awesome match. Um, I think it was last year that Dijak had a match with Ilya. It was like a. I think it was like a I quit match or a last man standing match. Um, and that was fantastic too. This was almost as fantastic, uh, but still still fun to watch. I like um, I like Joe Gacy in this new role. I've never been I've I've never really been high on Joe Gacy too much. I personally always thought he was just diet Bray Wyatt, and you know the gimmick he was trying to pull. But he's more entertaining in this because he is getting over with the fans. He looks he does he doesn't look like he's just phoning it in or he's just playing a character. He looks like he pretty much is the character of being this very hyper happy kind of creepy crazy guy in the match and, you know, him and him and Dijak worked well together. Granted this was a gimmick match, but it it worked out the way it did. Um, you know, Gacy bringing out uh, toys and and uh Legos for a spot on the table in the match. And then uh, just just it, it, the match was everything you wanted to be in more. It was 11 minutes. I was kind of I did I thought it was longer. It felt longer to me Not in, in a good way because I was enjoying myself. It was it was paced well. Um, Dijak got the win as we all expected. And uh, then as he's getting as he's pinning uh, Gacy, Gacy's still smiling. Like even even in like even being like defeated and getting his ass whooped he's still smiling he loves it so uh Dijak got the win as we all expected but what'd you think it was a fine match it wasn't anything great um nowhere near it but um i thought you know both guys worked hard there and uh Casey's great in his role as well Dijak is is obviously you know fantastic on what he does in the ring so um match overall was was okay i mean it was it was all right. It wasn't. It was just something that you'll probably see in a main event on NXT. Um, not again. That's not a bad thing. But again, it wasn't anything to write home about. But you know. But still, a good match. Okay. 
Next is you had a six-person tag match. You had the D'Angelo family. Uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo, Shani Sachs, Lorenzo, and Adriana Rizzo uh, versus OTM, Out the Mud, Lucian Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada Parker with scripts. Um, I would say maybe my least favorite match of the night, not because it was bad, but just, it just, uh, you know, again, it was, it was kind of a match where I was zoning out a little bit. Um, again, nothing against the talent in the ring. I like Tony D'Angelo. Um, Stax, I think, is very underrated. Uh, Rizzo, I, I need to see more of her. Um, I thought she, I thought she did really well. Oh yeah, she was good. Uh, Jada Parker, I like. I, again, she's still green, but, you know, again, that's what, you know, the performance center is for. So NXT's for. Out the Mud, I'm still kind of, uh, the jury's still kind of out, even though they've been here for a few months. But, I mean, they're not terrible, but, I don't know. I think, I think they probably should have won this match to kind of make them feel more important. Because they're, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like they're pushing them a lot, but they're not getting these big wins. And I think they really should have gotten this win. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. But uh, what'd you think? My match. Um, I think, I think all six in here uh, looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, sex is underrated. And I really like Bronco Nima. I, I think Bronco Nima is, is, has a great upside to him for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jada Parker was okay too as well. Um, but yeah, I like I like Rizzo. I really do. Um, you know, she's green, but she does have potential um, in, in what she does. So, but yeah, like as far as match overall, I I fairly enjoyed it. All right. And then uh, there was a backstage segment. I, th- I think it was on Sunday with uh, JC Jane selling the uh, the JCU calendars. Yeah, the uh, the yeah the OnlyFans calendars. Yeah, pr- yeah. There you go. And. Uh, Brian Pill, or not Brian Pillman, but uh, well, he is Brian Pillman, but you know, Le- Lexus King coming out to be a, sh- uh, you know, a sleaze ball like he usually is, and try to hit on Thea, then Riley Osborne, you know, you know, defends her honor since Thea has a giant crush on Riley Osborne, and then they brawl, so I guess that's a feud, which I don't mind. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I wouldn't mind seeing that match. You know the um uh the Chase U counters uh, sold out on uh, WWE.com. Bet your ass it is. Um, next is you had the women's championship, which originally was supposed to be Lyra, Valkyra, and Roxanne Perez. Um, during the match, Lola Vice cashes in her breakout tournament contract to be a part of the match, which I thought was a little odd. But I mean, overall, the match ended up being pretty good. I just, I was like, oh, why not? Why not cash it in after, but not during? But um, I mean, good match. I mean, the match was able to kind of like hide the weaknesses of most girls, preferably Lola, which again, I've said it before. I like Lola. Um, she looks like a star. She gets better every time I see her in the ring. I mean, she, one, one avenue she really needs to improve on is promos, but you know, again, like we, like I've been saying, that's, that's what the performance center is for. Um, but she gets better in every match. I, I kind of understood why they decided to have her cash it in this early and not maybe like another date and win because I think I think they know maybe she's not ready yet which to me is just like then why give it to her but whatever um I mean it's kind of different with Oba where Oba is looks like a looks like something out of like a Marvel or a DC movie 
and he's supposedly 22 years old, which I'm like, how, where? But you know, it's different with him, even though you and me have kind of like gone back and forth of like, is he ready? You know, is he really ready? Should he really get this spotlight this early? You know, just, you know, different, you know, ideologies. But I think with Lola, they kind of figured, okay, she's maybe not ready yet. So let's have her cash in early and in, in a more protective way that kind of protects her because I don't think she took the pin. Did she take the pin? Uh, I think so. Okay. I so, think yeah. so, yeah. I think Laura uh, pinned her. Now, Keith is saying she didn't get pinned. Are we sure about that? Oh, that's what Keith is saying. But well, whatever. Well, I, I mean, I, I, either way, this protects Lola and doesn't make her look bad. It was a triple threat. But overall, good match. Good match with all three girls. I mean, I we love Lyra on here. She's great. Um, Roxanne, she's really shown more personality and she's be more aggressive and it looks believable on her and doesn't look like she's just playing a role. Like she looks aggressive out there and it's working for her. And then again, Lola's great. So, and uh, Lola and Roxanne had a really good match on on Tuesday. So, but uh, overall, what'd you think about this match? I thought it was a very good women's match. Uh, Lola looked good here. Roxy, she's you know she's fucking Roxy. I love her. She's awesome. Um, and Lyra, I fucking love her too as well. Uh, so, so Lyra and Roxy and Lola all did a great job here. Um, you can't keep that fucking. Uh, contract whatever on the breakout tournament contract on Lola too long. It's not, and, and 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 it's really turned into money in the bank for NXT all of a sudden. Before it wasn't that. Before it was just like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna challenge you. Um, you know, you know, use my contract next week. You know, what I mean, they didn't really use that as like fucking like money in the bank or whatever. So, um, but yeah, uh, and they're still doing the um. Um, the storyline with, uh, uh, Tam Paxley, who's been tremendous in her role. Um, you know, helping love, out Lyra too as well. Yeah, helping out Lyra too as well. So, um, I won't say great women's match, but very good women's match worthy, uh, being on, uh, pay per view. So, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't, can't complain about it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next is Oba Femi versus Dragon Lee, uh, for the NXT North American Championship. Oba won. Um, it's kind of a predictable match. I mean, a good match, you know, because Oba, a guy like Oba, you know, you need to feed him smaller opponents, you know, because he's going to have better matches with smaller opponents, a la, you know, someone like a Brock, you know, for example. So, and I think that's kind of, you know, the idea is that they're going to give him, you know, smaller guys or just more so guys that can work and really kind of show him the rope. So, but you know, this is a this is a good match, not a great match, but a good match. You know, it was a match that you know looks more like the main event of a, of an NXT on Wednesday rather than a PLE match or a pay per view match, however you choose to refer it to as. But good match. I mean, it was able to kind of like really showcase you know Oba's wrestling abilities with a guy like Drag with Dragon Lee, who's you know really good. Um, I'm still confused as to if he's on the main roster anymore on NXT, but no, I think he's back in NXT uh, to replace uh, the loss of Wesley for a while. Yeah, okay, but uh, what'd you think of this match? Um, I didn't real. I won't say I didn't like the match, but what you you want to know what one thing that really fucking bothered me? 
huh. in this match. Dragon Lee gained the upper hand over Femi and over Femi having, having to sell. Hmm. This, I didn't like that part. Right. I didn't like that. Oba, if you're, you know, if you're serious about Oba Femi, Femi yeah, you can stop a 10-minute match, but have him be dominant for eight of those minutes. Yes, give uh, Dragon Lee some offense, right? Have him, um, you know, look good in certain spots. But, man, I, I think they really, uh, I won't say they dropped the ball or anything like that with Oba Femi, nothing like that. But I think they had an opportunity for his very first pay-per-view match, you know, f- you know, his uh, first title defense for the North American Championship to really make a mark on it. And I, I think they missed the mark here. Good match. I was entertained by it. But that bit of storytelling, to me, wasn't what I wanted to see. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Like you know, like you know me, I'm very pro. Your big guys should be more dominant. Granted, Oba, I think, is a little bit more athletic than, like, say, I'm just gonna throw out a random name, like a fucking uh, Mason Ryan. You know, he's bigger than Mason Ryan, though. Yeah, he's bigger than Mason Ryan. He can also work. He's a little bit more agile. I mean, he's an yeah. ex, he's an ex athlete. Like, didn't he like play college ball or something like that? I think you can probably let you. It has to be in football. Definitely not basketball. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do agree with that. Where it's just like, and I was kind of waiting for you to kind of. I was hoping you were kind of point that out a little bit. Of like, should Dragon Lee really begin this much offense? I mean, granted, Dragon Lee has like legs made of like tree trunks, but he really should not be looking that dominant. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't be like Obafemi shouldn't be on the ground for more than like. You know, a couple minutes and like Dragon Lee doing some off like offense as Obafemi's on the ground. Like, no, this is not fucking two K twenty four. Right? They're, they're like when Ob like when Oba is like on the ground, it should be like a big deal. Like you know, the whole thing is like no nobody nobody's been able to take Oba you know to the ground and you know his first match he's on the ground. It's like uh, like yeah, that's again we're not gonna say we're not he's definitely not buried, but it's just like that's not a good look for your next big dominant, you know, guy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it should be like, you know, Dragon Lee's going right at him and just, like, giving him a bunch of flurry punches. And Oba's just like, what the fuck, get off me. And then he just shoves him off. And then, like you said, for the majority of the match, it's just Oba beating the ever-living dog shit at Dragon Lee. So, but again, fine match. Can't really... Complaining more about just how they book the match. We'll just put it that way. But... Uh, main event time, you had the NXT Championship. You had Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. Um, good, good match. I mean, the, the aftermath, I think, kind of superseded the match itself. But, you know, a pretty good match. I don't think anyone thought Trick was actually going to win. Um, during the match, there was some good storytelling to kind of, like, foreshadow what was possibly going to happen. Is you know, Trick, you know, quote-unquote, hurt his leg. And the whole match, he's, you know selling the fact that he is essentially on one leg. Uh, and then there's a spot where they both run into each other, trying to do each other's finishing moves, and uh, Ilya gets the upper hand. Um, I mean, it's an Ilya match, so it's always going to be good. I don't think you're ever going to find a bad Ilya match. Uh, the worst you're going to find is just, it was just okay. But in this case, this is actually good. But Ilya got the, got the win. Uh, afterwards, you know, Melo came into the ring, and yeah, they kind of swerved us for a little bit because, you know, Melo's holding Trick, and you see the logo on the bottom right-hand corner. 
And it's like, oh, so I guess they're going to do this on Wednesday. And as Mello is right behind Trick and Trick has his back turned, you see Mello with this face of like, oh, shit. And then he attacks Trick Williams. They mistimed the the um, the logo on the bottom. I think that was on purpose because, like I said, I felt like they were, they were trying to swerve us a little bit to make it feel like that no, was... No, what happen. I mean by that is they mistimed it when they had uh when they had the logo on there and went away for like 10 like i don't know it, it was just mistimed to me okay i get you but uh mellow proceeded to beat their living dog shit that trick and then you know brought a steel chair in the ring and started you know just whacking him with it and you even saw blood i, I don't know where trick was bleeding but you saw blood oh, bleeding all during the match he busted his lip in the first match oh there you go and uh yeah, just uh, Mello really kind of soaking in the booze. You know, just liking the fact that people are chanting, fuck Mello, fuck you Mello, fuck you Mello. And he even turns to the camera and winks. You know, he's walking away, and he's being like, Yo, y'all can kiss my ass! This is y'all fault! You know, and I like the fact that Mello's just being this cocky, scumbag little prick heel, and he's not doing the traditional, oh, now that I'm a heel, I have to have a serious face and talk in a very monotone voice and be quiet and not show any emotion. No, he's, he's still being the same mellow, except now he's a fucking dick. <laughs> like, he's just being this cocky little arrogant prick. And I like it. It works. Um, but uh, what'd you think about the match and what'd you think about the aftermath? Uh, I thought this was um, the best match that you know, that Trick Williams ever had in WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, with that being said, it's against fucking Ilya too. So, but you know, as I always say, you know, it takes two to tango in, and Trick looked good. He, he he was up to task for this match. So, um, there was some you know some stuff in there that you know could have done better. Still looks a little green, but overall, I thought he did a great job. Um, aftermath, I mean, we knew it was coming, you know. Um, but I I, I kind of I was kind of thinking that uh, Trick. And Mel will win the the Dusty Cup, and maybe you know after that, and you know they'll probably have him um, turn heel after losing tag team title match or something like that. But they want to celebrate this because we only got two months before um, Stan and Deliver. So um, it's now people were saying, "Oh, this is better than uh, Champa and Gargano." That this, please, guys, just whatever's new. Doesn't make it better. It's not. It was not better than Champion Gargano because we saw this, um, you know, months ago that this was going to happen. Champion Gargano was more like, oh, this could happen, this may happen, and it just happened out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, this was telegraphed like for months. You know, ever since like October or, or you know November, wherever you know uh, Trick got attacked. But despite that, I thought this was still great. So great for what they did. So um, yeah, yeah, can't wait to uh, see the advancement of the storyline. We saw, you know, well, you know, I saw what happened on Tuesday, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they, you know, looks like we're gonna know where our main event match will be for uh, Sad Deliver. Overall, what's what's your letter grade for uh, uh, Vengeance Day? I don't give letter grades, um, but I will give it out of a ten. Um, I will probably give it maybe a five, seven out of ten. I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. So I guess like a C plus. Yeah. But that was Vengeance Day. Um, NXT usually has pretty good shows. They never really have bad shows. So. All right. So kind of talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw. So uh, the show opens with Seth coming out, 
and just kind of talking about the events of the past week, uh, which again are met with boos, you know, the rock getting booed and people chanting Rocky sucks and Seth being like, haven't heard that in a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they were acknowledging it um, at the beginning. So, and then Cody comes out, you know, to a again a raucous applause. People, you know, Cody is the biggest sympathetic babyface in wrestling right now. You know, he's Cody Christ finally after years of us joking about it. He's finally Cody Christ. And uh, then Drew McIntyre comes out to kind of address the match and telling Cody and Seth, you know. I made I made room clear for you know Cody and Roman to have their match, but now this shit happens, and I even got a new shirt, and he shows off the new shirt of him, you know, doing the meme of you know them pointing at the grave of, you know, whatever. I think it was like the Flash, where like the Flash is like pointing at a grave of, of Oliver Queen, and but it's Drew McIntyre, and it says you know R.I.P. to CM Punk's uh, WrestleMania main event dreams, and it's just you know Drew just making the face of like ah. Which is actually the second highest selling shirt as of now in you know, WWE, along with two Cody shirts. Um, again, just we've said it before, Drew is doing the best work of his career right now. He's far more interesting, he's more entertaining. Um he's uh he makes Raw watchable. I mean, not to say Raw was unwatchable, but he's not he's one of the best, you know, selling points of Raw. He's probably the best selling point of Raw currently. Well, I mean, along um, well, Cody. Co- I mean, yeah, Cody is the selling point of, of. I think Cody's the selling point of WWE in general. Um, Drew is a close second of the better parts of you know Raw and WWE in general. So, but uh, this ends with uh, a big schmoz and you know Drew. You, you see Drew like smiling outside of the ring, saying, "Hey, maybe they might make it a triple threat." Um, so that happened. Uh, but what did you think about the opening segment? Oh, it was great for what it was. Uh, Drew is in a fancy zip. He's doing a fantastic job in this role. Seth is is great as well. And, you know, and uh, Chloe coming out there, you know, you know, getting you know white fucking hot right now. Cody wrote so. Yeah, I thought I thought overall I thought the segment was uh, great for what it was. Nice. And then uh, sorry. next he had a fatal four way tag match. Uh, to determine who's going to face uh, Mustache Mountain this Friday on SmackDown, to determine who's going to face Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber in Perth. Uh, you had the New Day, you had the Creeds, you had DIY, and then you had Imperium. Um, you know, f- you know, nice, nice tag match, f- a fabulous tag match um, with all four teams. Uh, again, kind of hoping they go with the Creeds. You know, you and me both like the Creeds. Um, a little surprised on how much they've cooled off since you know they had that tag match against Judgment Day. I was kind of. Uh, that... I still think I still think they're fairly over. Um, you know what I mean, right? I still, they... think, I still think the fans are gravitating towards them. They still think they're fairly over, right? I'm not saying they're buried, but like they've, you know, for a while, you know, leading up to that tag match against Judgment Day, they were really pushing them, and ever since then, they've kind of, I don't say cooled off like entirely, but they've kind of cooled off a little bit. A little bit, like you. I mean, you can only push so many tag teams. I mean, but that, but that's what's so good about WWE's tag team division. They have a fucking shit ton of tag teams. Now, this is where you gotta split the fucking titles. They gotta split the titles now because exactly. you got way too many good tag teams. Um, you know, on, on both on both uh, brands. 
Maybe after, maybe after, hopefully after Mania, they'll split the tag titles. But uh, DIY won it, which I wasn't too nuts about. But again, I like the Creeds. But so it's gonna be DIY versus Mustache Mountain this Friday. Um, you think it's gonna be DIY or Mustache Mountain that wins? Uh, probably DIY. I think they have a. I think they have a little bit more gusto, um, and I think the fans will probably be behind them a little bit more for for the for the rematch. But I, in a way, I don't care. I mean, I care, but like, I do care, but I don't care because, um, both matches, and I love both teams. Like, they're they're gonna face off against Judgment Day, and it should be a great match regards between both teams or whatever combination it happens. So, so I don't care. I just want to see, you know. A great match, a great uh, tile match. So maybe, maybe they'll be at a uh, elimination chamber. Well, no, it's the the winner is gonna face. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, Judgment Day My Elimination bad. Chamber in Perth. Uh, next is you had a Elimination Chamber qualifying match for the women's. Uh, you had Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Um, they did something pretty interesting. I mean, they've been doing it lately. Where before the match, you had promos. You had Baszler cut a promo to hype up the match, and then you have uh, uh, Becky walking to the ring, cutting a promo, hyping up the match. So I love that they're well, doing. Know, it. Yeah, no, that 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 that's that's the new the new Kevin Dunn. They want to you know do that sports presentation, which so. I lo- which I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and it made the match feel important, and it was a it was a pretty good match. You know, Becky is Becky. She's you know one of the best, uh, and you know Baszler. You know, it's a shame that she hasn't gotten that push. I mean, I mean, she's been pushed. It just, you know, it just hasn't worked. But she can still work, and it was a decent match. Which you know, Becky, of course, got the win, um, and now she's in the elimination chamber. Uh, next week, uh, Liv Morgan will face Zoe Stark, and uh, Liv Morgan's on her revenge tour to go after Rhea. Um, let me ask you something: Do you think it's going to be Liv versus uh, Rhea at Mania? I wouldn't mind that, um, but there's a to me. I, I don't see how WWE doesn't involve Becky in a title match at Mania. You're right. I mean, for all we know, there's surprises that we're not thinking about. And I was actually thinking about this earlier. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Liv and Rhea. I wouldn't hate it because I think from a storyline perspective it makes sense. Well, wouldn't that be like automatically tux like like Liv ain't being no fucking Rhea Ripley. Oh no, but I guess it's just one of those things of like we're gonna give Rhea a mania moment. Because, you know, Rhea beat the shit out of her and took her out of commission and now she's back and now she wants revenge. We're gonna give her a mania moment. Um I mean Rhea and Becky is a mania match. I mean that's a main event of WrestleMania. Rhea lives a SummerSlam mean not main event, but a SummerSlam women's match. I don't see it as a mania match. Not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe. But I, I can't I can't see it this year. Now I will say this. I'm not gonna complain if Liv gets this opportunity. She fully deserves it and, and I love Liv Morgan. But I'm just saying that if I again, kinda like with the rock thing. They want to make this the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Liv Morgan Rhea Ripley doesn't do that. You're right. You're not, you're, and and Rhea Ripley does that. No, you're you're right. You're you're a thousand percent right. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, they can wait off until SummerSlam to have Leah, uh, Leah, Liv and Rhea. Like, that's, I, l- I guess, a little bit more appropriate for that kind of match. Alright. What do we have next? Uh, Rhea Ripley interrupts the show, and then she calls out Nia Jax. Uh, Adam Pearce uh, makes the match at Elimination Chamber between Rhea and Nia. And then they have a brawl. So, um, you know, Elimination Chamber being in Perth, Australia, Rhea being the hometown girl, she's going to be pretty much God over there. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the main event. Like, what, what about you? What do you think? Do you think that could be the main event? Um, I honestly, I mean, if it happens, it happens, but that's not a main event. I know, I know it's Rhea and it's there, but if they wanted to make that a main event, they, they, they could have, I mean, I know they, they wouldn't because of Mania match, but they could have done maybe Liv's. This they probably could have done Liv versus fucking Rhea here, and that could have been a main event. But I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'll make that the main event match. All right. I mean, if it is, so be it. And and Rhea fucking deserves it. <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, business wise and the way I look at it and you know, how the and how the show's gonna be flowed. Like I don't know if I will have that as my main event. Uh, I guess to kind of like sidetrack, Bret Hart is a Rhea Ripley fan. Uh, he said Rhea makes me makes wrestling look more realistic. So Bret 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 is a fan of mommy, you know, which is uh, interesting to hear. I guess. All right, uh, yeah, Kira Tozawa, Maxine Dupree versus Ivar and Valhalla. Eh. Uh, Maxine is just not good. She is. So far, my choice for maybe the worst female wrestler of the year. She's just... Well, well, I mean, I don't want to, you know, talk down on her about that, but... I don't don't either. Well, I mean, you're like, oh, you know, she's the worst women's wrestler of the year. I mean, mean, again, I I hate being negative, but it's just like, she's just, again, she's not very good and... I mean, mean, she's, she's not the best in the ring, but, you know, I mean, like... Just, let me think. Let me think. I'm I'm pretty sure that we can find worse women wrestlers out there than fucking. Well, probably not, but <laughs> I don't just. But I mean, I mean, she's the fact is that she's trying, and you know, I mean, is she getting better? Not really, but you know, you know, let her fucking try. You know? Just all all in all, just like certain women, or not just women, but just certain wrestlers need to be in a role that they should be in. She's better off as a valet. She should not wrestle. Yeah, no, I agree. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't fucking really matter because it's not a joke comedy feud at the end of the day. Right. So that's why I'm not really like, you know, up in. Now, if this was Maxine versus Becky Lynch and this was the the main event of Monday Night Raw, okay, that's a different story. But this wasn't this this feud and what's going on, you know, is not meant to be taken seriously in the first place. So that's why I'm not really bothered by it. So no, I get I get you. Um. And then uh, next is you had a Judgment Day in the back, you know, talking. And R-Truth coming back and say, what's up, fam? So RJ, uh, RJ, R-Truth, you know, still thinking that he's a part of Judgment Day, even though they just beat the piss out of him every week. And then, you know, Damien just saying, fuck it. You're welcome here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Then you have the Miz versus JD McFunpop or McDonough, wherever you choose to call him. Uh, Miz got the win after our truth again fucks over, you know, someone from the Judgment Day. Uh, he's trying to give uh, people money, but they don't want to take it. So, yeah, that match happened. And then uh, backstage, there was a segment with Imperium talking to Pierce about Gunther's 600 day celebration as Intercontinental Champion, but then Braun Breaker interrupts to kind of go over more uh, contract details with Mr. Pierce. So maybe that kind of sets up something at Mania between one Braun Breaker and one uh, Gunther. So we'll see. And then uh, Gunther had his 600 day celebration. Uh, Jey Uso comes out. Jey Uso comes out to kind of make his plea of, you know, does anyone want to see Jey Uso versus Gunther? Say yeet. And then uh, Gunther, you know, telling Jey Uso, pretty much just giving him backhanded compliments like any heel would of like, you know, you're part of one of the greatest tag teams in history, but you're just a tag team guy in general. And if you try to come at me, I'll beat you so bad that you'll be running back to your family, essentially. And then they beat down Jay, and then New Day comes out to kind of even the odds. And then it's announced next week it'll be a six-man of Imperium versus uh, the New Day and Jay. So, but a uh, good segment. I thought, I don't know, how do you feel about Gunther talking a lot? Like, do you think he's he should be fantastic. more? Fantastic. Okay, I, I don't hate him. I think he's actually pretty good. I see a lot of people say he's not a good talker. I think he's a no. good talker, in my opinion. No, no, he's a real. He talks like if he's really talking to you in real life. He's not. He's not doing a wrestling promo. He's just talking shit. Which he's a. He's, he's a real dick. He could be a real dick, which I like. So I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought he did great. Like you see, he speaks very eloquently, and then he speaks very proper, and then he talks down on you. Like you said, he talks like he's really talking to you. It doesn't sound like a wrestling promo. Um. Jay's Jay's good even though Jay kind of like is a little over the top but you know it works for Jay um but uh yeah next week it's a six man so cool uh I mean mean, it looks like we're gonna get Gunther and Jay at Elimination Chamber yeah which I wouldn't mind thank god because I didn't people were climbing that for Wrestlemania I did not want to see that for Mania I mean, I wouldn't mind because, again, I like I like Jay, and I would rather see Jay in a bigger match at Mania instead of his brother, but unfortunately it looks like we're getting that. I mean, uh, that, that's, that's the match I want to see. I personally don't, but it's going to happen. Like you said, it's going to happen. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, it's, you know, it's telegraphed. I mean, you know, you know, like, who who else would Jay face at Gun- Mania? Uh, Gunther? <laughs> Okay, where does where does that leave Jimmy? I don't give a fuck. See, you can't think like that. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, where does that leave Jimmy Uso? You're just going to leave him off WrestleMania? J- Jimmy loses. All he does is lose. Oh, okay. He doesn't want to so, match. So, okay, so you're saying that Jimmy Uso is not, not important to the current state of WWE right now. He's important in small doses, but he's not important as far as, like, the grand scheme of things. I disagree with that. Oh, just again, if they had built Jimmy up as a, as an actual serious threat or built him up almost as important as his brother, 
I would want to, I would care about this match, but I don't care about this match because they haven't really built it up properly enough. So, if you were okay, so you'll just leave Jimmy off. In your opinion, you'll you'll leave Jimmy off for WrestleMania, and you'll have if you'll possibly have maybe Jay versus Gunther, which which would be a good match. But I think I think I think Jay's beneath Gunther right now. I mean, I think he he should be on the card, but with Roman helping Roman with whatever he needs. But just again, not everybody has to be on the card for WrestleMania. Just you know, I don't know. Just don't don't shoehorn things in, a la Dwayne. But uh, yeah. But overall, just uh, it's a match that's gonna happen. But again, I I imagine there's gonna be proper build up leading up to it. And more than likely, if we do get Jay and Gunther at Elimination Chamber, Jimmy's going to come out and fuck with the match. Oh yeah, for sure. And that and that's going to lead to the um, you know their feud at Mania. So right, but you know I di- yeah I digress. But next is you had a women's tag team title match: Caden Carter and Katana Chance versus Kabuki Warriors. I didn't care about this match. The crowd did not care. So I thought, I thought for what it was, I thought still thought it was a good match. Right. I mean, yeah, Kabuki Warriors won. I, again, I don't have anything against any of the women in this match. I like, I like Kaden Carter. I like Katana. I mean, I like Kaden a lot more. And then Kabuki Warriors are good. So, but the Kabuki Warriors won. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a a go, you know, tag team uh, women's match. And then you had a main event of the night, which was a bull rope match between Nakamura and Cody. Um, you know, good TV match. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Good TV match. You had a bull rope match. Um, I don't know. This, again, this is just me and I, and this will never happen. There should have been blood. Like, oh, there was bleeding. you didn't see the end? Come on. <laughs> I'm talking about actual color, color. Oh, uh, I mean, it's WWE, like. Asking for blood at this point is like, you know, going going to Donald Trump's house and like, hey, can I have a, you know, can I have $2 million? Ain't gonna fucking happen. The only way we're gonna see blood is through the hard way, if it's by accident. You know, WWE is, 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 is a different show now. WWE is a different show. We can't think back of 20, 25 years ago because it it's, it's just not gonna happen. It's, it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, but- unless if, uh, unless if, you know, things change. But at that Certain sponsorships don't like blood. Mattel, they don't like the blood, things of that nature. You know what I mean? Certain uh, av- advertisements don't want to be associated with blood and gore and things of that nature. Why do you think, like, back in the, the fucking, like, 2001, you know, you had Stacker 2 Energy and fucking, you know, uh, white men nutrition, things of that nature. It was more than the blood. It was actually the storylines and the raunchiness as well. But... WWE, they're serious about their money. They're serious about their product. Um, certain, like I said, certain particular, um, you know, uh, advertisements and sponsors don't, don't want to be associated with that. Uh, I just, again, wishful thinking because it's TKO, it's Endeavor, it's UFC. You would think that they would say, "Hey, you can have a little color in this match." But yeah, again, no. just yeah, and to be that to be thrown away on TV too as well. No, like if they're gonna actually have blood, have it do it the right way, have it do it at a big event like a WrestleMania, right. which I'll be totally cool with. Like, don't 
like who gives a fuck about a, a Monday Night Raw match with blood in it? Like, well, I, well, also I look at it this way: it's like everything's been going on with Cody. That would have been an interesting way to really kind of make Cody not just a martyr, but also kind of a badass. You know, just that visual of him holding the cowbell and he has blood on his face, like ah, you know. But I don't know. Again, just well, 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 Darby Allen was bleeding tonight, and no one seemed to care about that. Yeah, he doesn't bleed often. Stop. Just saying. Stop it. I'm just saying, man. I'm just throwing it out there. Stop it. John Moxley. John Moxley has ruined blood. But anyways, I I didn't mention John Moxley, and not mention any John Moxley. Anyways, uh, Cody got the win as as per expected. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out and leveled Cody. To kind of like spice up the feud or possible feud or whatever. So that was Monday Night Raw. Good Raw. Pretty decent Raw. Um, other than a few kind of like, you know, filler matches. But I, I enjoyed Raw. It was a good Raw. But uh, what'd you think? It was alright. Okay. <laughs> NXT. Uh, NXT happened. Uh, the show opened with uh, Mello. What did it? Yeah, the show opened with Mello coming out, sitting in the middle of the ring in a chair with the spotlight on him and the fans chanting "Fuck you, Mello." Mello sucks. Blah blah blah. And then he leaves and goes, "Not today." So, but then he comes back later and you know cuts his heel promo and talks about why he did what he did to Trick. You know, saying that you know Trick need to learn his place he's my hype man and then addressed you know did I attack trick you're damn right I did and I'd do it again if you ever crossed me again and you know did a spot where tricks music hits but mellow you know played a prank on people a la you know Shawn Michaels you know in in Montreal playing Bret Hart's music which I liked I thought that was great um not as effective as you know Shawn's but Still pretty effective. Uh, there's a follower on Twitter on on Twitter that <laughs> says that Carmelo is Shawn Michaels' black son. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But um, and then he's like dancing along the Trick's theme, saying, you know, and that and you know, that's all Trick's gonna do. He's gonna lay up in the hospital next to Booker T, you know, singing that stupid ass song, you know, and that you know that's all. You know, what is how's I forgot how the quote goes where he's like. It is what it is, and that's all it's ever going to be. So, uh, there's that. Uh, what would you think about the uh, the, the uh, promo with Mello? It was great. Fantastic. I explained the reason behind of, of attacking him, and uh, you can't ask for any more with that. So, um, you know, uh, Carmel, to me, I, I think I think he's more of a natural heel anyway uh, than a babyface. He's still a damn good babyface. And when he turns babyface on the main roster, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be great. But outside of that, I mean, I think he's perfect as a heel. Definitely right about that. He were, I mean, again, he's just he's too cocky. He's, he's way too cocky. He has too much of that cockiness to be a face. I mean, eventually it's gonna it's gonna work out for him later in the line. But as of now, he's much better as a heel. Um, uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, oh yeah, later in that you had Dragonoff come out to talk about the match and telling Trick, you know, I like you, you know, you have my respect, and then calls out Mello and says, you know, Mello, you know, come out here and face me like a man, you know, or do you want to attack me from behind like a coward? And then Dra- and then uh, Dijak comes out 
and they get into a little schmoz, and then Dijak, you know, straight up punches Di- uh, uh, Ilya right in the mouth, which I thought was, which I'm like, God damn, that was, you took, you took a fucking right cross to the face. So then later on, you know, the main event was Dijak and Ilya, uh, which is fantastic because these two always seem to work well together. Um, yeah, just what, what else can you say? It was a good match as you expected. Um, Ilya got the win afterwards. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not rushing through the show. I'm just kind of pointing out the, the big highlights and they'll get to the rest of the show. But afterwards, uh, Ilya celebrating and then afterwards, uh, Melo attacks him from behind and beats him to kind of, you know, not necessarily move on. Well, I mean, in his mind, he's moving on from Trick because he put Trick out of commission. But now he's going back after the NXT title. So, uh, again, ni- nice way to, nice way to end NXT. Nice main event. Uh, you know, nice way to really make Mello look like the scumbag heel. And, uh, what else can you say? But what'd you think about the Ilya stuff? Right. That was a good match with him and, uh, Dijak. Never had bad matches against each other, so can't complain about that. Uh, Mello coming out the very end and, um, attacking Ilya, holding up the NXT title. I know it's part of the storyline, but, like, to me, like... The NXT title at this point is way beyond Carmel, so like, why would you want to go back to that, right? Um, I'm not gonna complain for another Ilya and um, Carmelo Swan Song NXT match. Definitely not gonna complain. They're gonna have a fucking fantastic match whenever it does happen. But it'll be telegraphed, and you know, uh, Trick Williams comes out, and you know, you know, costs Melo. He's like, oh, I'm gonna challenge you. Know, I want, I want you at, um. Stand deliver and you know and yeah so yeah yeah you're definitely right. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that happened at Vengeance Day. So there was a vignette where it was just you know a quote you know talking about a man has three faces, one that he doesn't show the world, uh, or one that he does show the world, one that he keeps to himself, and one that's you know evil or I think it was like something along the lines of that. Um, I don't know what what do you make of that? Who do you think that could be? Julia. Who? Julia. But it was saying a man. It, it's a Japanese proverb. Ah, okay. So, it's, it's, it's Julia. Alrighty then. Uh, right. Back to NXT. Well, I mean, I mean who, who, who did you think it, was, it is? I mean, someone said Okada. <laughs> no. It's not Okada. Okada I, I think Okada's AEW bound. Man, we'll find out. Uh, beginning of the show, you had Frazier and... Well, I mean, by the way, I do Walcott in, in WWE. I just personally think he's AEW bound at this point. Oh, especially, especially after the announcement tonight. Oh, we've we've talked about it at Nauseam. Yeah. First, Matt, or, so you had Frazier, Nathan Frazier and Axiom versus Anofe and Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. Fantastic match. Um, I like Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. I kind of wish they were treated as more of a bigger deal than they are. Just, they, they, they're kind of like they're kind of like the uh, modern day. I mean, I mean, this tag team was still modern day NXT, but they feel like this version of NXT's uh, Oni Lorcan and um, uh, Danny Birch, a team that that never was really taken seriously. They eventually, win the tag team titles, but you know what I mean. Like it, it just felt it just feels like they're like a uh, a uh, a filler tag team. 
you know, get wins every now and then, you know, may get a tile shot, but like never really win the big one until like, you know, a couple of years down the road. Right. But uh, I don't know, kind of wish it would happen sooner. But, you know, good match between the, you know, two, two very talented athletic teams. Uh, Byron Saxton joined Vic Joseph on commentary while Booker T is still out. Um, there's a rumor that CM Punk might be joining uh, NXT commentary, which I I wouldn't mind because CM Punk is good on commentary. Uh, there was that brief stint back in 2010 where he was on commentary and he was really good. He was really entertaining. So we'll see. Uh, we already talked about the Dijak stuff. Uh, Lexus King versus Riley Osborne. Um, King got the win. I kind of wanted the match to be better than it was. wasn't wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was just it was a match. I'll just put it that way. Uh, you know, Os Osborne, I like, but there's just something missing from him, and I don't know what it is. And then King is just King. He's the shit stir. He's the ultimate troll of NXT. So. He's a scumbag. Uh, let's see. But yeah, King got the win. And then uh, Osborne is going to have a Valentine's date next week with uh, with uh, Thea Hale. Uh, we already got to Carmelo. Uh, and then they did a vignette for Kalani Jordan, who's uh, uh, Melo's girlfriend. Uh, you had Roxanne Perez as Lola Vice. Uh, first time these two had a singles match together. F fantastic match. Uh, Perez, again, Perez continues to improve in each match, and we all love Roxy. What else can we say? Uh, during the match, you had Tatum Paxley come out with Ro uh, with uh, Lola's uh, her contract or whatever and try to cash it in, which was weird. So she ended up costing her the match. Afterwards, Lola is chasing Tatum Paxley in the back. So I imagine we're going to get a match pretty soon from them. But uh, what did you think about uh, Lola and Roxanne's match? It was I went I went go as far as saying fantastic, but it was it was it was a good TV match. Yeah, there you go. And next, you had Lash Legend Jakar Jackson versus Fallon Henley and and Ren Sinclair. Um, Legend and Jackson got the win, which I don't necessarily agree with uh but they got the win um i like that they're pairing uh i, I still call her maddie fuck it matt i like that they're pairing maddie with uh fallon you know fallon is gonna be a women's champion pretty soon when that happens more than likely towards the end of the year but you know fallon is one of the biggest baby faces in the women's division so it's smart pairing uh you know sinclair with her <laughs> but uh kind of wish they got a win here um, and next is your favorite segment of the night. Uh, Mr. Stone's kids convince their dad to team up with Von Wagner. Oh, baby. Would you call that the segment of the year? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Nice. In the locker room, Josh Briggs gave Brooks a reality check, telling him to stop whining and start fighting for a spot. This I loved. I love this segment. I, again, I like Josh Briggs. I like Josh Briggs getting this main event spot. Um, I like that he's shown more tenacity and shown more of an aggressive side instead of being the happy, ha the happy-go-lucky uh, uh, Southerner. 
Now he's more of a he's more of a badass. He's more meaner. You know, he he's acting more like Bradshaw after he got advice from Bradshaw. So I liked it. I liked that he just got right in his face and said, you know, stop being a bitch. So good. And also, I like Jensen. I want to see him used more. And uh, let's see what happened next. Uh, Jada Parker ended up getting a wrestling match against Adriana Rizzo next week. And uh, Ridge Holland has a shot against Gallus next week. And then, of course, the main event was Ilya versus Dijak, which we already discussed. And uh, Ava getting Thank You Ava chance at the end of the show. So, good for her. Well, that was NXT, people. So, let's talk about ratings. TV ratings. I have them right here. Ah, oh, man. Sorry, I have allergies. All right. Uh, let's start from Dynamite last week. Last week? Was it last week? Oh, yeah, last week. So last week, Dynamite had an 818. Uh, this was the January 31st edition of Dynamite. Uh, they, had, they had an 818,000 with a .26 demo. Um, SmackDown had a... Two yeah, up or down? Uh, let me check. Uh, it's actually down. Okay. No, 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 wait, wait. I said eight eighteen, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's down because the previous week it was an eight thirty seven. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, SmackDown had a two point four six nine uh in the rating, a point seventy four demo, which is actually uh a higher than the previous week. So good on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Royal Rumble. Um. Uh, after Roy Rumble, yeah, SmackDown for sure, yeah, full show. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rampage, uh, Rampage on Saturday had a three fourteen thousand with a Friday, point ten. For Rampage, right or Collision? Friday, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Rampage, uh, three fourteen thousand with a point ten in the demo. Uh, and then Collision had a four oh four thousand with a point twelve in the demo. Uh, Monday Night Raw. This, were, were, were those up or down? Let me check. So Collision was four or four. It's actually down. For Collision, week, yeah. Okay, pre- I'm not surprised the, by that. The previous week was four forty one. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Raw last week was a one point six eight six. This week they were one point eight eighty nine, which is up. Uh, yeah. with a point fifty eight in the demo. NXT. I think, Last... I think that was more of the Cody, um, you know, the whole backlash and stuff. But it actually worked in their favor. So NXT had a jump in the ratings this week, a uh, six fifty, with a, a point nineteen. So those are the ratings for this week. And uh, let's get into the news. Um, so today Scott Demore was fired as TNA president by Anthem Sports. Um, TNA Wrestling Scott Demore or TNA Pres- Wrestling President Scott Demore has been let go, with Anthony Siccioni C- C- of TNA's parent company Anthem Sports and Entertainment Inc. taking over as the new president. The company's press release states that the intent is to further integ- integrate TNA into Anthem's Entertainment Group, uh, which Siccioni is already the president of. According to PW Insider, it is believed that the decision came directly from Anthem's owner Len Asper. As echoed by the official statement, Anthem management will be taking on a larger role 
in the day-to-day operations of TNA with Siccioni leading that charge. Mm. Um, and then, like, less than a month ago uh, was when uh, Impact Wrestling went back to TNA. So, uh, according to Fightful Select, Anthem Management went with TNA over TNA talent over Zoom this afternoon. The report also quoted one talent. What the fuck? Uh, what? Did you just skip over my over the comment? Uh, the report also quoted one talent who understood the reasoning behind the change, but credited Demore with saving the promotion. Uh, Siccioni has no direct experience working in the professional wrestling industry. That should be lovely. Uh, the Anthem press release touted his history of ex- of executive level management experience. Specifically referring to cable and digital channels. Um, it is unknown how the company intends to handle the creative process moving forward. In addition to his management duties, Damore was previously a key part of the team in charge of booking TNA's TV shows and pay-per-views. So, uh, I mean, that's a shock. I mean, because Scott Demore has been, not. yeah, Scott Demore has been part of TNA since since his infancy, essentially. And uh, I mean, he he did leave for a little while. He came back in like 2016, but yeah. Right. So, definitely a shock because you know we you know we're talking about TNA last month. We were talking about the pay per view. We did enjoy the pay per view. Um, and Scott Demore has been a big part of TNA since the beginning more so when he came back to you know run the day-to-day operations and book the show and you know he kind of not necessarily gave it mainstream press you know because in the tna is on a network that not many people have access but he's you know booked the show and made it watchable you know it, who was ever able to watch it so for him to be straight up fired is just I don't know. There's got to be something we don't know. And again, I don't want to speculate and say there was nefarious reasons. I hope not. But for him to just be fired just because just doesn't, to me, just just doesn't add up. But it does suck for Scott Demore because he is very, he was obviously very well liked by the talent. You know, a lot of the talent did, you know, love Scott Demore. Um, yeah, it really does suck for Scott Demore. Uh, but overall, what'd you think about the news? I mean, I mean, it's a great loss for TNA. I mean, you, this is your head booker, your president of the company itself being let go, and, and now you're having someone who, who you know, who's never ran a wrestling promotion before, or he doesn't have a wrestling background whatsoever. Now running it, it's kind of like Jim Hurd, you know, running WCW in the early '90s, and you know, you know, even though you still had like great moments in there. Overall, you you had a down down moment. So so hopefully, yes, he'll be head booker or whatnot, or you know, or you know, you know, head of that. But man, I really hope they put someone there that's already within the company to help out. Um, I mean, they do have veterans back there, but I don't know if anyone wants to take the role of the booking. I know for a fact that Brian Myers, um, aka Kurt Hawkins, he even said on. Um, you know, the Wrestling Figure podcast I listened to every week that, yeah, he tried uh, being an agent before and he didn't really like it too much. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, him being a head booker, I, I don't really see that. If he does it, great, because he's a, he's a, he has a great wrestling mind. He's a, he fucking loves uh, ECW. 
But, you know, you got Bully Ray there, too, as well. I don't know if Bully wants to, you know, be a part or something like that. And Tommy Dreamer, too. So there there are names there that can, you know, definitely help out that have the experience. But, man, losing Scott Demore, man, that, that's, like a, that's like a huge blow for TNA. Hopefully they can still keep up their momentum. But it's just, it's just really, really terrible timing for all this. Now, the question is, uh, you know, Scott Demore, he's, he's now out of... Um, you know, he's now out of, uh, TNA, like, uh, I want to ask you this, um, Drew, you know, you know, do you still see him being involved in professional wrestling or, or what, what do you think the future of Scott Demore is? Um, I think he, I think he still wants to be in wrestling, um, just kind of based on how you his heart and soul was put into TNA for like the past, you know, seven, you know, ish years. Um, I still, I still think he'll be involved in wrestling where he goes. I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I don't see him going to WWE because I don't know if he has a place in WWE. Um, I mean, there, well, I, there is that built in relationship with, with at least Scott Demora and, and triple H, I think. Oh yeah. Like again, because it, of Jordan Grace. It wouldn't surprise me if Triple H, you know, is like texting him right now saying, hey, we have a place for you. You can be a producer. You can book the shows, you know, when I'm not here. Like, you you can be my second in command, essentially. I mean, uh, I guess wish, not really wishful thinking, but maybe glass half full, you know, view is he can go to AEW and book book Ring of Honor. Or maybe book AEW and let Tony... Run the business side, but that's never going to fucking happen. No, Tony's not going to let anyone else book the show, which he honestly should, because I mean, yeah. But um, like you said, there's that built-in relationship and that trust with Triple H and Scott Demore, so maybe Triple H might bring him in as like his new right hand, like when he's like in, like when Triple H has to go and do business stuff. You know, Scott Demore can be the guy running the show. He can, I mean, he can be the new Bruce, or not Bruce Pritchard, like, as far as, like, be him, but just, like, take over Bruce Pritchard's spot as far as, like, booking the show and running the show. So, But that's just my opinion. No. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, shit, I'm still doing the, I'm still No, I'm, still I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, go ahead, Justin. Um, I have a few more, I have a few news articles. Um... So this kind of like tells us what we already know about Vince McMahon. Ari Emanuel apparently told Vince McMahon it was best if he resigns. Um, in an update from The Hollywood Reporter, it was stated that Vince McMahon's resignation came at the behest of TKP CEO um, Ari Emanuel, told COO Mark Shapiro as they told him it would be in the best interest of the company for him to resign. McMahon is said to have agreed and thus tendered his resignation uh, with Nick, with Nick Khan later delivering an internal memo that McMahon has was gone and wouldn't be returning. So, basically telling us what we already know that you know because it, it happened the very next day after these after these uh, speculation or not speculations but allegations came out and you know Ari Emanuel giving that statement saying we're going to look into it and then the very next day like literally I think literally like the hour before SmackDown came on was, you know, the announcement that Vince McMahon resigned. So, again, obviously, 
you needed to do that. I mean, it probably should have happened sooner, a lot quicker, but it happened. So, but uh, any thoughts on that before I move on? No comment. Or right. nothing to add, rather. <laughs> and this is also another, I guess, another unfortunate story with the topic at hand. So, um, John Laurinaitis essentially supposedly, or not supposedly, but his defense team is saying that he's a victim too, blah, 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 however you choose to think of that. In a new report from Vice, uh, former WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis' attorney has confirmed that the former WWE executive as well as quote-unquote most upper level of management knew about Ashi Masaro's claim despite company denials of said knowledge, if anyone isn't familiar with the story. So, um... Ashi Masaro told a story, and this is you know before she ultimately passed away, um, where she was at a uh, tribute to the troops thing overseas, and that she was assaulted by one of the uh, one of the troops there, and that WWE knew about it and they covered it up. And when she told Vince about it, Vince just said, "Well, we can't let this leak out, or we can't do you know tribute to the troops anymore." So, again, allegedly. Um, I know uh, Paul London, who used to date Ashi Masaro, had told a story about how Vince would always harass her while she worked in the company, and uh, you know he said, you know, straight up, I'm going to believe you know my girlfriend at the time. So, um, so uh, going back to what we said about Laurenitis is uh. Laurinaitis' confirmation of management's uh, knowledge corroborates the account of Ferdinand Rios, the former WWE doctor to whom Masaru reported the the assault, the rape, uh, who said that he reported the incident to management. Laurinaitis' admission comes following the former uh, WWE head of talent relations to associate himself from accusations of abuse and sex trafficking from former WWE employee Janelle Grant. Lorna has confirmed many of Grant's accusations by admitting that he himself was a victim of McMahon's manipulations. Furthermore, the report reveals that the Naval Criminal Intelligence Service opened an investigation into Massaro's claim, though the findings of said investigation are not known. Um, and then McMahon retired, as we all know. So, not retired, but resigned. But um, any thoughts about this? Um, yeah, anyone that knew about this upper management and clean general learners are pieces of shits and they deserve what happens to them, what happens to them. Fuck them. Yeah, agreed. I, I remember actually covering this a long time ago and this, this is when I was still kind of doing solo shows. I talked about this and this is just, this is disgusting. Um, and anyone that knew about this, anyone that covered up and didn't do shit to help this poor girl. Fuck them. They can all burn in hell. Uh, we'll kind of end the news a little bit more, you know, on happier news. Um, backstage update on NJPW stardom star Julia potentially siding with WWE. Uh, NJPW strong women's champion Julia has rumored to be heading to WWE for a number of months. And a recent report has disclosed when she could potentially join the promotion. The stardom wrestler's contract... Is set to expire in March, and she will remain in her homeland at least for the immediate future. A big piece of news coming out of stardom this week was the departure of the company's founder, Rossi Ogawa. 
uh, who was fired on February 4th for allegedly trying to poach talent from a new promotion. Which uh, is gigantic news. Like, if this was, like, if this was, like, in America, mm-hmm. like, this news will still be talked about right now, but since, you know, since no one fucking watch Storm here, they're like, oh, it's, you know, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's on the radar. Like, like, Rossi Ogawa is basically the fucking Vince McMahon of fucking... I mean, not, not as far as, like, personality-wise, obviously, but, like, as far as, like, you know, you know, being a promoter, um, v- you know, basically the Vince McMahon of fucking women's wrestling in Japan. And, like, he made stars over there, like, you know, Io and Asuka. Well, Asuka fucking hates him, apparently. Um, Kyrie and Blair Davenport and Julia and like the the list goes on and on and on. Fucking you know, Carl Sheeta. So he's like super fucking important and powerful over there in Japan as far as being a promo- promoter. I just want to get that out there to to you know yeah. to set the record straight. Um, a number of stardom roster, a number of the stardom roster expected to fall him out of loyalty. Um, according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, Julia will be one of those stars. Uh, Meltzer went on to say, the reason she is delaying her WWE start is so she can at least be there to kick off the promotion for a while and get the promotion going, but then she is going to end up with WWE at this point. Uh, but when WWE was interested in her, she basically gave her word she would help him start out, and that's what she's going to do. She's actually postponing her WWE debut because she had given her word. Um, Okada, uh, Tayo Okada, not the other Okada, uh, will assume the, uh, will assume the role of Booker in Ogawa's absence, but it is unclear how many stars we'll have to work with. Um, yeah. Well, Tom Nakano's staying with, uh, Stardom, so I guess that's a start. So you got Tom Nakano and you got, uh, uh, Mayu Iotani. Um, so, yeah. I mean, which is two big stars there, so. But uh, I mean, I mean, based off what you just said, uh, looks like she's gonna be debuting soon. I mean, not soon, soon, but soon. You know, based on that vignette. So uh, yeah, I mean, just again, I don't know much about this girl. I just know what you've told me and you know clips. So you know, we'll we'll see we'll, we'll see what she can do in WWE. But um, that's all the news I got. Um. I got two pieces of news, well, three pieces of news here. First and for, first and foremost here, um, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Bros. Discovery uh, to launch a joint sports streaming network. Doesn't know when, don't know when, don't know how, don't know why, but this could be the reason why, and this is just me speculating now, this could be the reason why AEW has yet to get a streaming broadcast with Warner Bros. Discovery and to be put on Max. Due to um, perhaps they may be possibly on this new streaming network, so um, that's I you know there hasn't been any like details about it, like how much it is or what's the name is going to be, but it's just but it is it is very uh, random because you got Turner, you got Fox, and you got Disney ESPN to join together for a sports streaming network. So, um. It, it, for wrestling terms, this is really important just for really just AEW. Do you think this is the possible reason why the delay of possibly getting AEW on Max, quote unquote? Do you think this could be a, a one of the reasons? I mean, it could be. Um, I'm not. Again, I'm not too. Uh, when it comes to like business stuff, I'm not too familiar with it. I don't. 
educated. I don't educate myself as much as I should when it comes to like business and logistics. So, um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think this could be kind of like a a downer for AEW? A downer? As far as like you know, delaying or maybe not even happening. Oh no, no. What I'm what I said was I think this could be the reason why it was delayed, and they may end up being on this particular streaming platform if this was in the works. That's what I meant. Well, I said delay and maybe not happening, but uh, whatever this streaming thing ends up being, you know, do you think all in all it's going to end up on the service? It's a, it's a possibility, definitely a possibility, because I know that's the route that they want to go. They definitely want to get into the streaming process, and and if you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, Rez's story here that that AW, um, they you know, it seems like the their product will be a, a hybrid, uh, you know, TV streaming product. You know, it could be a possibility that this is what they could possibly be on. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see on that. So. Uh, any other uh, things you want to close out with before we uh, move on? Nope. All right. So next here, former NWA's women's champion Camille at this time is no longer expected to be WWE bound. While there has been interest and according to one WWE source in the past uh, have been offered an NXT deal, discussions are not moving forward. Camille's uh, has been deep disqu- has been in deep discussions with AEW. It has been seen uh, as a stronger de- destination uh, for her as it will allow her to pursue another major personal goal moving forward, uh, additional acting work. Uh, that's coming from PW Insider. So it seems like, uh, according to PW Insider, uh, Camille may not be WWE bound, but she may be all elite. <sighs> okay. I mean, I mean, anything you want to comment on? I mean, just again, we've talked about this whole thing with the women. It's just like, it doesn't matter who you bring in. It just matters how you book it. And for someone like Camille, she's not a massive star, but she's, you know, massive. She's a big girl. She's tall. How are you going to book her in AEW? Yeah, true. So let me, so just playing devil's advocate here, what, what what's her ceiling in WWE if she were to win to WWE? Because <sighs> the women's division in WWE is, is at all-time oh, yeah. gold. It's like, it's, like, it's, it's like the fucking golden age right now. I, I, I'm going to answer that. I'm gonna, is this is going to sound like I'm dancing around the question, but I'm not. But she has a ceiling, but it all depends on how she's being booked. Okay, because, so in comparison to WWE to AEW, where do you think her heart, like, you know, where do you think she'll be more successful at? Or more successful in? Hmm. I mean, aesthetically, she should go to WWE because she looks like she would work out better, and also she has that history with Nick Aldis. Like, you know, that almost seemed like the perfect, you know, pairing is bring right. her into WWE yep. and have her be Nick Aldis's muscle. And then eventually, you know, how how over she gets and how the crowd responds her, she can be I don't want to say the next China, but she's, you know, your next big woman. She, well, she wait, but do you think there's too many women like Camille in WWE that's already better than Camille? Yeah. I mean obviously Rhea. Um uh I mean, would you count Bianca as a big girl, as a muscular girl? Yes. Okay. Uh 
I love Raquel. Raquel hasn't gotten there yet, but I think she can. Um, I mean, you, you got. I'll I'll just go straight into it. You got Rhea. You got Bianca. You got Jade. You got Ivy Nile. You got like who who else who else should I be fucking naming at this fucking point in time? You know what I mean? Like you got all these women that are I won't say looks better, but Jade. that it, oh I thought I said Jade. I'm sorry, uh, Jade. Of course, like Camille. You know she'll she'll probably have success if she's uh with Nick Aldis, but again, it's not even guaranteed that Nick Aldis is even gonna be fucking wrestling, you know, long term. And like once he's done, it's like, oh, we've got another, you know, big jack girl and but we got, you know, five, six other girls here that that's better than her. I think personally, I think, you know, her going to AEW is probably a better move for her career. I think she understands that. Um, you know, I mean again, I don't trust Tony Khan for the booking, but you know, but she would be uh, more special on AEW than what she would in WWE. Yeah, I guess if you look at it that way. I mean, I, I guess since you kind of put it that way, yeah, it makes sense. So, alrighty. Uh, next, uh, prosecutors in or- Orange County, Florida, have moved forward with pursuing criminal charges against Daniel Cash Wheeler. Wheeler was arrested in August last year following what was described as a road race incident, which he allegedly flashed a gun at another party in January. Pleading not guilty on August 3rd, Wheeler turned himself in on August 17th, and the next day uh, was arranged. And this, remember, this was before All In, and you know people thought uh, he was going to miss All In, which he which he didn't. Uh. They had their match at at all in against the uh, Young Bucks, so you know FTR outside collision is not on fucking AEW TV whatsoever. It, it, it seems like to me uh, FTR ever since Punk Love is being pushed out of of the fold in in AEW, which is fucking crazy because you know FTR is like one of the best tag teams ever. Um. What do you think comes out of this? Do you think this will affect, um, you know, the career of Cash Wheeler and you know, and the tag team of FTR? Um, what do you think comes out of this? I mean, you kind of already said it. They're they're not really doing anything on the show, and you know, FTR is one of the top three tag teams in pretty much the world of wrestling. So again, like. The whole situation with the who was it was cash right, right? Like, you know, and I'm a criminal justice major. I'm not gonna pretend I'm a lawyer or anything, but like, you know, to me, you know, Brian last said something kind of interesting about the case where all all cash has to do is just say what gun, and that and that's it. And again, I'm not trying to fancy Brian last for like law advice, but. I think I think at this point they're already kind of affected, you know, because they're not pushed right, and it's just it's weird because they're FTR. And again, I'm not they're not my favorite team, but I I'll acknowledge that they're one of the best teams in the world, maybe even the best. Um, I think I think it's really more of the because oh we, you know we're friends with CM Punk and that yeah. thing kind of kind of like yeah yeah fuck you <laughs> yeah exactly so but that's kind of how I think about it. 
All right. Um, how many more things I got here? Okay, this is my last one. Yeah, it's my last one. And lastly, um, not a lot of uh, meat behind this here, but just thing to keep an eye for. Dijak's WWE contract is up in the spring slash summer of this year. Um, I'll ask you this. I know I know you're a big Dijak guy. Uh, do you see Dijak resigning with WWE or WWE? You know, you know, approach him for a resign. I think if they have something for him, he'll resign because what Dijak is well, always. Do you, do you even think that WWE will resign him? I think they want to resign him, but I also think it comes down to Dijak because with Dijak in, I love Dijak. I've been a fan of his since you know I've seen him, but he's also a guy like it almost seems like they're going back and forth of like you know what do they want to do with him? Do they want to make him the top guy? Do they want to make him the quarterback, or do they just want to make him you know the backup quarterback? So I think I think they need to make him the top guy if they if they want him to resign back. That's just. That's how I view it, and I think Dijak. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I personally, I don't, and I love Dijak, but I think he should be, um, because he's. And here's another weird thing about Dijak is he's one of those guys that you see him on social media, and he's just really entertaining. And you see him on television, you're like, why aren't you doing this with this? You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like when I know it's like two different guys, but like, it's like with Big E, where you know when Big E was you know brought into the main roster, he was just like the stone faced, you know, robotic henchman, and then you see him on social media, and he's like really funny. It's like why not? Why don't you do that? You know, and I don't get why Dijak just doesn't interject some of that personality, you know, that he portrays on social media. Because of his gimmick. It's because of his gimmick. His gimmick doesn't allow that. I mean, they they maybe should make a change because. Like, well, yeah, yeah, and, and I think I think we had this conversation like a couple months ago where I was like, this gimmick, it, I mean, I like it, but like it's it it's not it, it has a small shelf life because he can't do much with it, and it's not a main event gimmick because of the fact that it it's still it, like it's too close, like they gotta let him. Be him and you know have a personality and things of that nature. So although like he's having success with it, he only has a, such a ceiling with this particular gimmick. Although he's doing a great job with it, he's doing a great job with it. But like they need a, I don't know, I I, I, don't, I don't know what else they can do with him because he was fucking T Bar, then he was just uh, Dominic Dijakovic, and you know it's, it's like. Oh. It's like what? Like, what else do you do with this guy? Yeah, I mean, just it, it, it's unfortunate because this should be a guy that should have been a champion already. I mean, he oh, and I agree. I mean, I agree, he should have at least been North American champion by now. But this guy hasn't won any titles in the company at all, and it's like you know, what is this guy doing wrong? And you know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, he has such a good personality on social media. Why doesn't somebody out of the wherewithal why doesn't Shawn Michaels see that and go how about we do this how about we give you a personality 
and I mean, I, I say the same thing about you know about you know uh, Maximum Male Models, Mason fucking Mansoor. They are fucking hilarious on their fucking Twitch. They're just like just big wrestling nerds and fucking hilarious. And and it's like fuck, man. Like like how come we can have these guys, you know, you know, in fucking WWE? So so no, I totally get what you're saying. Right. I also think I also think it may be like a thing of like Dijak is very. He tries to be a little tongue-in-cheek on social media, so I don't know if they would allow that on television. So, but again, it's just... And also, I think maybe sometimes personalities in real life aren't always going to translate well to television. But, again, it's just like, I love Dijak. I kind of hope he does stay. Um, But it's just one of those things of, like, how does he feel? Like, are you just going to sign me back just to be a guy who can go out there and, and have good matches? but not really do anything with, or are you going to sign me back and let me be the guy? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like Swerve, for example. And I don't, I don't know if you have those in your notes about what Swerve said about WWE recently, where like he, he did that interview with Chris Van Fleet, where he talked about, you know, kind of being in the same spot that Dijak is in right now. I mean, he didn't say Dijak outright, but like he said, kind of like what I said, like, like, you know, Swerve was the guy to go out there and like put over, the talent they want, they want him to put over, and he would, you know, text Triple H constantly, like, "When am I going to be one of your guys?" And you know, I, I don't know if there was any heat between him and Triple H, but you know, he never really got a response. And then one day he just talked to Shawn Michaels, and Shawn kind of took him under his wing and you know helped him out. Um, and kind of like what I said, Shawn looked at old tapes of him in like Progress and CZW, and it's like. How's about we bring this guy in NXT? Where's this guy? And, you know, it worked for a little bit, and then eventually he got let go. So, well, I... He got Vince McMahon, that's what happened. He got Vince McMahon, there you go. Um, so, again, I think it's a matter of how Dijak feels. If Dijak wants to just sign back and just, you know, go about his day and get paid and go out there and have good matches, cool. There's no shame in that, but... Again, I don't know how Dijak feels. I don't know how if Dijak just wants to. P- point is, does Dijak want to be one of the guys or just the or the guy? I think he wants to be the guy. That's just my opinion, and I think he can be the guy. But you know, we won't find out anything until June. Right. Right. All right. Well, that's all I got for uh, for news. And then uh, let's just end it off with this day in wrestling history. Uh, 1984. So for the so today's date is February 7th. In 1984, uh, New Year Golden Series is held in Tokyo, Japan. In the final of the Triangle Series, the Dynamite Kid defeats the Cobra to win the vacant WWF Junior Heavyweight Title. Uh, 1987. In Fort Worth, Texas, Chris Adams and Terry Taylor defeat Rick Steiner and Sting in a tournament final to win the UWF World Tag Team Championship belts. Uh, Taylor had held the belts with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but they were vacated when Duggan left for WWF after he lost a Loser Leaves Town match to One Man Gang a few weeks earlier. Uh, 1989, Larry Zbysko became the new AEW World Heavyweight Championship in St. Paul, Minnesota. A battle royal was held to crown a new champion after Jerry Lawler was stripped of the title due to AWA. Do the AWA and CWA parting ways, and Zabisco last nominated Tom Zank to claim the belt. Uh, 
Seaman. Seaman. Uh, 1992, at a house show in Denver, Colorado, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister, known as Money, Inc., defeated the World uh, the World Warriors, Hawk and Animal, Legion of Doom, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship belts. You won't find this one anywhere. Hawk and Animal only agreed to drop the belts to Money, Inc. if the match wasn't recorded, and some fans speculate even if it took place. Uh, 1992, that same year. Uh, Buzz Sawyer died as a result of a heart attack brought on by drug overdose. He was 33 years old. Uh, 2000. WCW Nitro was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On the show, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Brian Knobs to win the WCW Hardcore Championship, and Rick Steiner delivered his infamous shoot promo. Or no, Scott Steiner, I'm sorry. Delivered his infamous shoot promo about Ric Flair and the company saying, when you walked down that aisle last week, I know I wasn't alone because the people at home, all they did was grab their remote, change the channel to WWF, and watch Stone Cold Steve Austin. A person you and your friends got fired from here because you're a jealous old bastard. And finishing with, you belong where you're at in WCW because WCW sucks and so do you. Because of this outburst, Steiner was suspended for two weeks with full pay. Do you remember that promo? Absolutely. He was like, you crooked, stupid, yellow teeth. And fucking and Bob Bagwell's in ring. He's like, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> he's like, oh shit. Like, oh my god, why is he saying this? Yeah. Did you ever talk to Buff about that? No, I didn't talk about that. I talked to him, I talked to him about his. Er- we talked more about like his earlier like career, like when you know when he was like the plucky baby face, and like and like how like uh, um, cause I cause I told him I was like. When I first saw this movie, it was called the Block, uh, the Buff Blockbuster, and like now, like on WWE, they just call it the Blockbuster, like when Seth Rollins does a move. And he's, all, and he's like, "You know what? You know what? You're right. They never gave me credit for that." And he talked about uh, like when he uh, when he uh, got fired and um, how the story was like actually bullshit, and you know, Jim Ross didn't really um, like like Jim Ross just like called him up or something like that. Yeah, so. Uh, 2004, Chris Hero won the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship in a 2 out of 3 falls match against CM Punk. The match lasted in excess of 92 minutes. I'm sure that was, sure was bar burner. Yeah, I saw that on Punk's documentary, but I don't know where you can find that. 2008, WWE announced that it would, old, it would be immediately severing ties with longtime developmental territory OVW. Um... And then in place they brought in FCW. So that was uh, that was pretty big. And uh, lastly on here, uh, twenty fourteen, uh, WSU women star women superstars uncensored held their third quote unquote secret show in an unknown location in New Jersey on the card. Mickey Knuckles pins Kimberly. America's sweethearts Santana Garrett Amber O'Neill defeated Nevaeh and Christina Von Erie by pinfall. Alpha Male defeat Barracuda Brittany. Uh, Alpha Male beat Jenny Rose by submission. Athena pinned Hania, the Howling Huntress. Uh, Candice LeRae uh, beat Chris Dickinson in an intergender match. And Jessica Havoc pinned Shana Shana to retain the WSU Championship. A lot uh, of future um, mainstay women's wrestlers on that card. mm Mm-hmm. Notable birthdays. Hiku Leo, 
I don't know if you know who that is. Hikuleo? Hikuleo, yeah. Uh, we talked about him like many times on this podcast. He is celebrating his 33rd birthday today, so happy birthday. Uh, Rusty Brooks. Uh, I'm not sure if he's alive or dead. Uh, he's actually the same age as my mom, so he'll be 66 today if he is still alive. And Kim Duck uh, was born in 48. Not sure if he's still alive, but a happy birthday to all three. And uh, that's uh, that's everything I have for this day in wrestling history. And that's every th- that's the show. That's everything we discuss about the show. Fun show. Uh, really action-packed show. A uh, big chunk of it went to, obviously, The Rock, Cody, and Roman talk, which, as, as you would imagine, we're going to discuss that in, in, in depth detail. But this is a fun show. We did about, we did close to two and a half hours. It didn't feel like two and a half hours. Kind of, kind of breezed by rather quickly. In a good way. It was, it was paced well tonight. But I want to thank everybody. As usual, for uh, coming out tonight to listen to the show, to support us. And uh, thank you to everybody who does support the show and who does subscribe and share. And uh, does show them some love. Shoutouts to pretty much everybody from our our friend, our friend, our circle. Uh, you know, RJ. Of course, Monty, uh, Ruben Prime, uh, Jeff Lippman, uh, Wrestling Soup. You know, Mish, who gave uh, us the platform to do the show. So shout out to Mish. And uh, John Draper, of course, our friends of the show, uh, B-Show, Brian, Shaheen, all on Spitball Media, which will be tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, Kevin Castle and uh, Trez. Um, and anyone who is a fan of Kevin Castle and DT, they just started. Or no, they didn't just start, but they brought back the uh, DTKC show. So it is uh, back to being on Monday nights after Raw on the uh, DTKC Patreon channel. So, DTKC is back. So, And just a uh, shout out to everybody else who does support the show and show us some love. And um, uh, where you can find me, I'm easy to find. You can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you choose to call it. I still call it Twitter. Uh, I have an Instagram page. You can follow me on there. That's a little bit more personal. It's not really for the show. It's more just me. I have a Facebook page. There's also a YouTube page. I, I accept su- subscriptions of that. They're free, of course. Uh, what isn't free is a uh, Patreon. Patreon is five bucks a month, and uh, I, we're gonna put out as many shows as we can. Uh, lately, um, me and Ruben Prime, <laughs> uh, we do a show called Culture Attack, which is usually every other Monday. Um. We just did a show recently, so that was a fun show. We talked mainly about wrestling. It was a wrestling-oriented show. For the most part, it's usually a show that we don't talk too much about wrestling, but we're interjecting wrestling in there, you know, because. And uh, we also talk about entertainment, movies, anything interesting that just happened. Um, Me and RJ do a show, which we're going to try to do that show a lot more prevalently every other Wednesday morning. Um... Revenge of the Savage Nerds, or just uh, Savage Nerds, which we where we just talk about movies mainly, comic comic book news. Um, uh, so if you're a fan of like Marvel, DC, TV shows, movies, what have you, uh, we got you covered. So there's that. Uh, me and Jeff Lipman do a show, which we haven't done one lately, but we've been trying to make it happen. Uh, Garden of Droom. So we're gonna try and get one up there as soon as we can. 
So uh, that's what you're, that's what you're gonna get on Patreon for only five bucks a month. Um, that's everything from me, Justin. Tell everybody about Spinebuster Tees. Yeah, spinebustertees.com. Go and check it out. Got the winter sale up right now, ten percent off. Uh, if you spend over, um, if you spend over uh, fifty dollars, or I'm sorry, if you spend over forty dollars. My bad. I always say fifty, but it's over forty. If you spend over forty dollars, you get free shipping as well. Got plain designs on the website. Over twenty designs on the website. Go check it out. Uh, you know the Just Enjoy Wrestling T-shirt. Uh, the, the the one that everyone loves. My original design. Weapons of Pro Wrestling T-shirt. Match types of Pro Wrestling T-shirt. I the I Am Pro Wrestling T-shirt. The Mommy T-shirt, which is the Ray Ripley inspired T-shirt. Uh, the hardcore wrestling T-shirt have a lot of designs on the website. Pick a red colors for your perfect wrestling needs. Also, if you're in the San Antonio area, come visit Spinebuster Tees inside Wonderland of America's Mall. Plenty of memorabilia, action figures, Funko Pops, uh, T-shirts, obviously. Um, you know, trading cards and all the great stuff that you'll see there. Um, but yeah, visit me on Spinebuster Tees on Instagram to keep up to date on what I have available in stock. And also, yeah, just, you know, keep in, you know, just keep up with me. And uh, you can always message me as well. Uh, you know, if you want to get something shipped out to you, I can kind of explain to you how, how that can all work for you as well. That's Spinebuster Tees on Instagram and uh, SpinebusterTees.com. That Kim. But uh, that's all. That's all sh- uh, the show we have for today. Um, oh yeah, next Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Forgot about that. So, no joke. Uh, <laughs> you're the wife in the background. Um, so, do you still want to do a show next week, or do you want to like move it to a different night? It is up to you. I am open. Um, you want to do one next Friday, just so we can like cover pretty much the whole week of wrestling mm, I don't know if I, I don't know if I got plans for next Friday or we I mean we can do it Tuesday after NXT yeah next Friday's all right you sure about that yeah yeah all right so yeah next Friday it'll be next Friday not Wednesdays due to Valentine's Day uh but yeah it'll be next Friday after Smackdown Smackdown but uh Anyways, we're done. We are done for the night. We will see you next week. Uh, Same time, same channel, different day. Just for that week. But take care, peeps. And uh, I guess in advance, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. If you have a special somebody you're spending it with, have fun. If not, I don't know, try to have fun, I guess. But we're done, peeps. See you next week. Peace. Peace. The, the, the Drew Yari Show. It's Drew Yari. It's Drew Yari. The, the Drew Yari Show. It's Drew Yari. It's Drew Yari. The, the Drew Yari Show. It's Drew Yari. The, 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 the Drew the, 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 the Drew Yari Show. It's Drew Yari. The Drew Yari Show.